welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Joe, there was a big old win last week for those Gap girls as they beat Wilson, ended Wilson's undefeated run in the district, and then that was followed up by a big win for the Fort Defiance Indians with Coach Gale, and they beat Wilson, and they bring Wilson all the way back to the group here. Now, Wilson and Fort both with two district losses, Gap one behind that with three losses, and, you know, that district uh, run that we thought was over, it was Wilson's, uh, Gap and Fort said, no, we, uh, we're going to bring them back in here. They did. And now it, it kind of brings up a good chance that maybe this thing finishes tied. Maybe Gap starts throwing, getting involved there where they're only one game back there. Now there is only, you know, two weeks or, or, or eight days, really, uh, two or three games left in the district to kind of sort this thing out. But it's made for a fun, exciting end of the season here with Wilson being brought back to the, to the, to the group. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little too late for my preseason dark horse pick of Buffalo Gap. But that being said, um, I, I do believe they still play a show into a district tournament, do they not? They do not. Oh, that's unfortunate. Because I think if they did play a show into a district tournament, that's what happens when you're oh, yeah. a few years away from doing the games on radio. Um, but if they were playing a show into a district tournament, Buffalo Gap's the team that wins it, in my opinion. I just think they're... They're playing. They're that hot team right now. Wilson is straight. Yeah. yeah. Wilson has stumbled a little bit. But the other thing there is Gap is healthy. Gap has not been healthy the entire time. Um, and and Wilson, I, look, it's not the end of the world. They still probably win the district uh, regular season. But I'll say this. You're not playing your best basketball going in toward the region tournament. And that would be my concern. Um, I do think. Buffalo Gap, in terms of where they're going to be in Region 1B, man, that's that's a region that, to be honest, should be very worried. I think Buffalo Gap girls are going to win Region 1B, and then I think it's a question of how far can they go once they get to the state tournament. Um, so, I mean, Class 1 better have their eyes open. I, I mean, I know yeah. you're talking region, and that's, that's the step in the process, but – this is a team that's not that far removed from playing in a state championship game multiple times. Right. I mean, this is a program that's used to that. And why not go right back there with coach Morgan? And so, yeah, all of class one better have their eyes open to what Buffalo gap has been doing this latter half of the season, 10 straight wins in a district with Wilson and Fort defiance. And, you know, I I'm excited about the possibilities, but another team, you know, we, we look at, we're constantly focused on the top, but I think a team that is kind of, actually having a pretty solid season. It's maybe not what they had hoped, and I'm sure individual expectations were higher. I think Coach Napier there at Waynesboro is doing a great job. I mean, they're right there. They're almost 500 in the district. They had a real slow start at the beginning of the year, but now that they're in district play, they're beating the teams they should beat, getting some surprise wins here and there. This is a team that, honestly, I know they're coming off a loss to Buffalo Gap, but we're talking about how Buffalo Gap's won 10 straight and has a legitimate shot at going very deep in a state tournament in Class 1. That's not a bad loss. This Waynesboro team has a lot to be proud of. Yeah, I think having the four wins on there is great. If they can add another one, that'd be really good. Their best opportunity for that is going to be this Friday against Riverheads because they do play Fort on Tuesday, Wilson next Monday. So they have a tough little stretch here. But man, if you're Fort and Gap, right? If you're Fort and Gap, are you becoming a huge Waynesboro fan when they play Waynesboro? Or excuse me, Wilson. 
when they play absolutely. Wilson, you are absolutely rooting for Waynesboro. And that's not a game. Look, it, we've, we're talking about Wilson. They're coming off losses to Buffalo Gap and Fort. That's back-to-back losses. If they don't get their head put on straight going into that Waynesboro game, that's a game they could drop. That's the thing. That's what I thought you were going to say is that Waynesboro kind of is that dangerous team. They're the, they're the next team right outside of that top three that we continually talk about. Waynesboro is that next team. And, yeah, they have the game against Riverheads in the middle here. But I, I think, I think a that's a win. Yeah. Those games. I think that's yeah. No offense to Riverheads. They're just not having yeah. the year that they're hope they're expecting or we're probably hoping to have this year. Waynesboro, I think, is going to win that game. And then I think it's can they knock off Wilson, do something crazy, get an upset, which then would throw it into a three-way tie potentially um, unless Fort doesn't stumble. And then then it's really uh, a, a runaway there. Yeah. Well, the top plays the bottom this week, basically in the district. And, uh, I, you know, those ones playing those middle teams, w- Waynesboro and Riverheads, those opportunities for those teams. Riverheads in desperate mode right now. They're on the outside looking in in that 1B tournament. I believe they only take six teams in 1B. They're sitting at seventh right now. So every single night that they play, they have to look at it as a must win. Now, I, I do think they can give up one. They can't give up all three. So it's some difference there. They're going to have to have that game against Waynesboro in the middle if they want to be in the postseason. But beating a Wilson or beating a, um, uh, excuse me, Stanton, I, I messed up. I thought they had four in the other game. But yes, they have to win some games here down the stretch. And it just starts with the game on Tuesday as if they can find a way to scratch a victory out of that against a Wilson team that's just dropped two, that could really put them on the inside and in a good spot because it could be some good power points coming from Wilson with the amount of wins that they have. But it's it's kind of push getting to shove here for uh, Riverheads. Is they they got to find wins here. So they're going to be that desperate team with kind of nothing to lose as they play Wilson. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I wouldn't see Riverheads necessarily winning that game, and then it would just turn those Waynesboro-Stanton games into must-wins for them. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think – I love the fact that Wilson's just not sitting there undefeated more anymore where we just assume they're going to win every game. So now kind of opens up the possibilities. It's going to be fun, uh, you know, week and a half here. Yeah. And Buffalo Gap fans in particular are rooting hard for Waynesboro. I mean, oh, yeah. Buffalo Gap fans, buy some purple and gold. Go cheer on your little <laughs> Giants because that's you. They play Fort and Wilson. They could really help you out if they can close off the season strong. Right. Um, but I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Riverheads is in kind of playoff mode now. I just think it's going to be a little too much to ask of Riverheads yeah. at this point. But uh, on the boys' end, boys' end, it's Stanton. Uh, nine of ten. Coach Mickens has got the storm rolling. And honestly, I just I know Wilson's right there on their heels, but they're done playing each other, and I don't see Wilson coming back to to clip them. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're just, I mean, that's where you're rooting for the teams that Stanton's playing this last week. Buffalo yeah, Gap, for... which has been improved. They they had a winning streak they're going. They're not that until, good, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they're rooting for Fort, and, you know. That's just a team right that's been. Same area as them. Then you're rooting for Riverheads, and I really don't think that's happening. So, right. I mean, that's that's what you have to do because of the loss to them. Now that you're a game back, you, you, you don't control that destiny of winning this district anymore. So you're hoping for those other teams got to take care of your own business too. I mean, you have the Riverheads and Waynesboro games, which are the two teams on the bottom of the district. You think they would handle those. I, I, I definitely would. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in that TA game, kind of coming out of the district thoughts. And, you know, we, we line it up for who's going to win the Shenandoah. It's going to be interesting to see what they do against this TA team. That's in three C 
you know, another example of a three C team. You just want to see how you measure up. If Wilson's as good as they think they are, they're going to kind of take it to TA. And so we'll see if they're able to do that. But I guess that's the difference, right? Between the boys and the girls. If you paid attention, when we're talking about the girls, we're saying, yeah, Wilson, Fort, uh, Gap. Like these are all teams that could have very, you know, they're having good seasons. Wilson and Fort, you know, we'll see what happens when they get in the region, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that one of those teams gets to a state tournament. Gap, we think, will be in a state tournament. And Waynesboro's having a pretty solid year. They're not going to go to a state tournament, but they're having a pretty solid year. On the boys' side, Stanton Wilson, end of story. I know Gap is class yeah. one. I know you don't think a lot of 1B, but right now they're fourth in 1B. I don't think a lot of their odds to get out of that region. Yeah, and this is the region we always say that you want to win that region, so you set yourself I don't up know if for they can a championship game in yeah. the first round. So uh, even even more so there. I, I have enjoyed how they've played better down the stretch. I know they just lost to Wilson. Wilson's a solid team, but they had that win streak going. I, I think they can close strong. I mean, they're going to be in the 1B playoffs and kind of be able to do it themselves, so I give them that opportunity. So I, I – I have a little more hope for Gap than you do. I, I think that's probably the, the name of our podcast uh, outside of Yak Sports podcast is Leland has more hope than Joe does. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have that for Gap, but I, but I agree. I mean, Stuart Strath's not going to do anything in 2B. And, uh, you know, I think Ford's going to be on the outside looking in. So, you know, I, I agree. I generally agree with what you're saying. I just have a little more hope for Gap. Wow. Yeah, because I don't I don't know if they're gonna make the region championship. I definitely don't think they're gonna win it. So I I I do I, I mean I had the same hesitating thing last year where I was like, I just don't trust one B boys as much. I know those other teams have more points and they get ranked up, but I've just seen Gap and Riverheads both go down to those schools and beat them in the past where I I just don't I, I don't like But we've that also all. seen Riverheads not win those games victories. though. We've also seen Riverheads not win those games. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think year. the teams we, we saw okay. gap in a similar spot as this last year and they make it to the state tournament. So I for a game. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't think they're going to this year. I don't think they're yeah. as good this year as they were last year. Um They should be, and that's why I think they can be. So <laughs> I thought, you know, coming into the season, I thought they'd be better. So well, they have been to this. But point. the Brooklyn they Nets should be the best team in the East, and they're not. So sometimes it just doesn't happen. They haven't given me any reason to believe they're better than they were last year. They have not to this point. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's still coming alive. I thought that winning streak was starting to show that. We'll see. Um, Look at over at wrestling. We have not talked about wrestling much this year. I'm going to blame other people for that. That's fine. (laughs) The district website just does not give us much to work with there. But I did see enough on social media lately uh, to catch up on what we were expecting. Riverheads is doing Riverheads things and wrestling. They won another Shenandoah district title. They won the region for like the eighth year in a row. They're going back to States with the whole team. Uh, they had uh, eight, uh, excuse me. They had 10 region champs, excuse me, nine region champs and one B there's my note. Uh, so plenty of guys that'll go into that state tournament with a lot of uh, confidence. Jake Yowl, he's been a state contender, you know, top two state guy every year. He was wrestler of the year for one B. Um, so it'll be fun to see what Riverheads able to do. That's not this weekend, the week after next, uh, by then we should be able to catch up on, you know, what Wilson and, uh, some of those other strong programs from the Shenandoah district who they're sending to the Salem tournament down there, the weekend of the 17th and 18th, but you know, Riverheads, they, they're top 
two or three, you know, most years they're, they're up there and they just can't get over into that, uh, you know, what is that rule retreat? That's number one there. Um, or no, um, Grundy, Grundy, sorry. I got rule retreat. Uh, they're two a, uh, Grundy is the number one and they have been forever. So I, is this the year that they're going to top them? I'm not going to sit here and say that, but can they kind of get closer to that? Can, do they get second? Can they, you know, start surprising things so that, you know, those final championship matches, uh, maybe something's on the line. That would be exciting if they can. So we'll see what they're able to do. Uh, I'll try to get a little more information about next week because I know the VHSL website will have who's competing at what uh, classification. We'll talk a bit about that next week. Let's jump to the college game, though, where college basketball was what you exactly predicted last week for the Hokies as they did fall at Miami. They were in that game until towards the end. They they let it get away from them. So they did drop the road game down there, but then they came back home. They beat number six UVA at home, just as you predicted, as as I did, which doesn't isn't saying as much. And it, and it sets themselves up to still have a glimmer of hope. It's minimal, but sure. they have a glimmer of hope. And what really helps them down this stretch is that they have eight games and basically five of those, I would say, are winnable. You have this game this week against BC and this game this week next Saturday against Notre Dame. Those are two teams that are right around Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech's 12th in the ACC right now. Boston College is 11th. Notre Dame is 13th. So you can kind of you know get yourself continuing moving right, put a winning streak together this week against teams that I would say are winnable. Then um, you have a Georgia Tech game. I, again, I think that's winnable. Then you have a stretch of harder games and you hope you set yourself up for. But there's some winnable games here down the stretch. So I, I'm hopeful that they can do something with this. Um, I think we are kind of looking at themselves that they got to play in the championship game, if not win the championship to get in it. But, um, hey, they did it before. Why can't they do it again, right? <laughs> Honestly, because it's not realistic. But um... – you would have said that last year on February 8th. You would have said that last year or the 6th. I would have, but I don't. And we did it. I would have, but I don't I don't like <laughs> saying, well, let's just do it again. It was so easy to do it last year. Um, that sounds exactly like me. That does sound like you. Um, the good news is you have those two of those games at home on the, the more difficult side, right? It's right. Pitt, Miami. Those are at home. You went toe-to-toe with Miami at Miami. You got to think at Castle. That's a very winnable game. You need to have it. Um, at Duke will be interesting. Duke's not unbeatable, even in Cameron. Yeah, I, I just beat him last week. Yeah. yeah, I think this. I think that's a winnable game, even if it is at Cameron, and that's frankly one that Tech needs to have. I honestly, we're looking at the next slate of games. Tech needs to go on a massive win streak. Yeah. I agree. I think if they lose only one of those, that glimmer of hope doesn't absolutely get wiped away. If they lose but it's two not of those, good. I mean, they're, even they're after the win, even after the yeah. win against UVA, and this um, is kind of where I want to go with the conversation, and we'll come back to UVA. Um, Joe Lenardi, even after the win, has him on the on consideration. So not yeah. first four out, next four out. It's the four after that, the con- in consideration, and that's after a win against UVA. And that's the problem where I'm saying, hey, here's all these winnable games. All those winnable games don't really move us up that list. Like, yeah, it's the, get, it's the harder games. games. you got to win yeah. those games against Pitt, Miami, and Duke to try to move up that list. 
uh, going into the ACC tournament. And then you have that, and then you can't you fall flat on your face there. in that tournament. That's why I think. That's why when I say they got to go we on a massive win streak. <laughs> that's why I think in terms of like massive win streak, like that's required. Like you're saying, if you only lose one of those, I don't think you can lose any of those. I think you have to win out. I think you cannot. You have lost eight games in conference. You, if you want to make the tournament without winning the ACC championship, you cannot lose another game in the regular season. Yep. I've seen the talk where they, you know, are analyzing when we had the injuries and when Couture came back and how much better we play with him. I don't want to leave it up to those kind of situations. I want to, I want to win, win, win. So where we make ourselves in, cause I don't want to depend on them remembering when Couture came back and all that. I just, I'm not here for that. So I'm optimistic and hopeful, but yeah, we're, we're still, at least we have a little bit of consideration. That's that glimmer of hope I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and again, like what I'll say to that is you're asking a lot of a committee to be paying attention to that in terms of right. Virginia Tech basketball. Which And they haven't done it for Virginia Tech ever before. They've done it for other teams. I've seen other But other that teams. those are usually name brand Tech programs. Never gotten that. Yeah, those are usually name brand programs and Tech is not a name brand program. Like they're just nope. not. Um but I so we'll take it back to UVA momentarily. They did beat Syracuse and then they lost to Virginia Tech. Still very much worth in they striking can afford distance. Those losses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going to be in the tournament. It's just a question of where they're going to be seated. Right. Um, and that kind of depends on who you talk to or which bracketology you look at. I want to talk about this one on CBS Sports because it's the most up to date. I was hoping Lenardi had updated one today, but I haven't found one if he did. Oh, really? It's usually like twice a day on those things. Yeah. Uh, Twitter, the last update I had was Saturday after the tech game. Um, huh at like 6.30 on Saturday. Um, but that takes me to my point. And this guy, I think, this is all you need to know on, like, I don't think a lot of him. He has Virginia Tech on the first four out, which that's, oh, wow. you're like, oh, wow, okay. I like him, then. That's my new favorite guy. Okay, well, he's got Clemson on his last <laughs> four in. Clemson? Yeah. That's why I'm not putting a ton of stock into this guy. They're tied with UVA with like three ACC losses. There is no universe <laughs> where Clemson finishes in the top two of the ACC in the regular season. They could lose their first conference tournament game. They will not miss the tournament if yeah. they're in the top two. They've had a great year. That is why, like when I looked at this, I was like, oh, okay, wow, Virginia Tech's pretty good. And then maybe they're getting more respect. This guy works for CBS. He has to know what he's talking about. And then I saw Clemson on the last one, and I was like, well. I don't know. He works for CBS. He has to know what he's talking about. I, I, across the board, I don't know if I'd agree with that. Yeah. Which guy is this? This is uh, Jerry Palm, which is their bracketology expert. This isn't even the other guy that does the tournament coverage that I don't think much of that says crazy things. So, yeah. Well, but here is something that him and Joe Lenardi both have in common. They're both really high on Kansas. And I'll ask you this. What is Kansas? What has Kansas shown us this year? Other than every time they play a big t- game, they choke. I don't even think they're the best team in Kansas. They only be, I mean, they beat Kentucky that night. That's the only like good win. I think Kansas Kentucky state's better than they are. They beat them last time they played. Yes. Kansas state's better than they are. They're, they play Texas coming up. I bet Texas pounds them. Look, nothing makes me happier than watching Kansas lose, especially since I found They're out playing someone, right now. Especially since I found out someone else is a Kansas fan. But man, that is delish to watch them lose. 
I don't. Yeah, I, I thought that was Tuesday. Just, I, is it tonight? No, they play right now. It's thirty to twenty. Kansas is winning currently. But that's, that's upsetting. You know, come on, yeah. horns. My my boss that he's a Kansas fan. He's from the state of Kansas. Your boss isn't so who I'm referring to. He yeah. likes uh, Kansas City Chiefs as well. He has enough good going on that. Yeah, it's fine for Kansas not to. Yeah, your boss isn't referring is. That's not who I'm referring to when I said someone else I've noticed is a Kansas. Yeah, I know. I know you don't really know my boss, so I know who you know who I'm referring to too. But I always know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> he works for a certain uh, media outlet. Yeah, yeah, I do. JMU uh, <laughs> is in middle of a not in the win. not on the bubble, which is surprising. Shocking. Because that Kansas fan would have you believe that they're really good. They haven't scored every time they shot the ball this year. That has been their issue. That's their Achilles um, Hill. They're in middle of a winning streak. They've won four in a row. They're also in middle of four straight on the road. So they've done good on the first half of that. They have two more road games this week with Georgia Southern on Thursday and Coastal Carolina on Saturday. They can keep this win streak going and, uh, you know, position themselves well for the Sun Belt tournament. Yeah, as much fun as I have at a certain person who covers the team like JMU it could very well make the tournament because winning the conference tournament is not out of the realm of possibility they just have to be playing well it's going to come down to the shooting right we make jokes about they didn't make every shot but it is going to come down to shooting because Morse and Friedel seem to either both be on or both be off and if they're both off in a game they're going to lose and they're not going to win the conference tournament but if they stay on that week and can keep clicking then they could do well. I think that, honestly, Leland, that's the part that would worry the, me the most is can they string this multiple nights in a row together? The only other time they've had to do that was uh, they played, I think it was Valparaiso in one of those, in the back end of one of those in-season tournaments where they played consecutive days, and that came up a loss. That's the only thing that would worry me is it, you could tell they were fatigued going into that game, and they're that's going to be the case when you that. play a conference tournament. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be tired at the end of it, but do you have enough stamina to win? We'll find out. So their conference tournament is that week before. As, so as the ACC season's ending up, their conference tournament will be happening. So that'll be fun that that's going on kind of that week before with some. I like watching those mid majors play. Yeah, so that'll be fun. It's in Pensacola Bay Center. Um, that so sounds good. Travel south. That sounds yeah. nice. Yeah. Sounds fun. Never been. So, yeah, it'll be fun to plug into the Sun Belt uh, tournaments this year, uh, men's and women's, uh, because, you know, I've never really paid that much attention to maybe the championship game or something. So that'll that'll be fun to kind of get a feel for those teams in the tournament and kind of see all those teams kind of back-to-back. That'll be fun. Um, jumping over to the – they'll just stay on the JMU girls. That'll be the other one to, to be excited about. They're in that top half. They're tied with five teams for second right now in the Sun Belt. That's because they've kind of gone on a every other streak here where they're just not winning like they were. They had started out undefeated in the Sun Belt, and now they've lost three of four or four of six, however you want to look at those losses. Uh, they lost to Southern Alabama, one at Georgia State, so those two road games that they split there. Now they get some home games against Louisiana um, and Arkansas, so those will be good this weekend. Um, I might uh, – Arkansas State game on Saturday at 4 p.m. There's a there's a chance I might go to that thing, so I might get some firsthand look at the girls there. Um, Troy is number one in that conference. That's who JMU beat just two weeks ago. So 
JMU girls, women right in the middle of it there on that side. That's, that's, yeah, like I'm talking about plugging into these Sunbelt tournaments. That's one of those that I'm ready to, ready to see. Yeah, but kind of like we just talked about with the men, right? It's the same problem with the women. It's, and right now, the men are win, 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 win. They're in the middle of a win streak. They're in a hot streak. The women, on the opposite hand, are in a bit of that inconsistency. They need to figure that out because this was, and this is, I did kind of agree with our least favorite local reporter, that the women looked like they were going to run away with the conference, and now because of this on-again, off-again, win-loss streak that they're experiencing right now, all of a sudden, they look very mortal and kind of have allowed the rest of the Sun Belt to pull them back into the pack. And it's kind of a mix of, and in the past, you know, when it was in the CAA days and it was happening, Delaware had some really, really excellent players. So you were like, okay, that's a really, really excellent team. That's the team that pulls us back a little bit in the CAA. That's understandable. In the Sun Belt, it's kind of like, okay, maybe is this a, is something going on here that toward the end of the year, we're just not finishing. And um, that's something that Coach O'Regan and, and the JMU Dukes are going to have to figure out because they were on an insanely long winning streak there in yeah. the middle part of the season. And now that you're getting toward crunch time where you want to be playing your best basketball, frankly, they're just not. And there's still time to turn that around. And again, yeah. like the boys, that's what I was like. like the men, if you turn it around, win the conference tournament, you'll be in the conference. You'll be in the NCAA tournament. That's the yeah. joy of basketball, that they do let every conference champion participate in an NCAA tournament. It's a real <laughs> tournament. Um, so you just got to take care of business. I did just notice, and this is, a, I actually like this, uh, I think, uh, the men and women play at the same time, at the same place. Like, they split up the first couple of days. They're, I think they're on opposite days. And then down the stretch, the women play, and then the men play. And uh, so they'll, they'll That's actually a really brilliant idea. Yeah, love it. Because well, there's full days of basketball every day, basically. You got to think, right? If you're going to have fans from those schools there, what better way to get them in the building the whole day than to have both of their teams playing, potentially? Yeah, I love it. It starts Tuesday, and then it goes Wednesday with the men, and then Thursday with the ladies, and then I think... Friday back with the men and then Saturday with the ladies and sets it up for Sunday and Monday for semifinals and finals. That's, that's really cool. I love well, it. then that helps the men a little bit. I didn't realize they, most conferences just because they don't do that. Just it's bang, 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 bang every day. Yeah. So you'll have a day off to rest a little bit, which is a little unusual in terms of conference. You'll tournament. play like two or I think the men will play two days and then have a day off. The women will play one day and then have a day off and then, yeah, I mean they're even more broken up. So yeah, I I don't want to break down the day by day schedule but, right but now. But going back to I'm my point, right? That'd be a cool thing to travel to. I mean, yeah, going awesome. back to my point, like if you're a JMU fan, okay, I can go down there and instead of like, okay, I'm gonna go, but if JMU loses, I'm not gonna go. If if JMU's men lose, I'm gonna go home, right? I'm not gonna stay. Yeah. Uh, whereas now, okay, I'm going. Hopefully, this doesn't happen in the first two days. But if JMU were to lose. Well, I'm going to stay because I got yeah. the women. And if they keep winning, right, then a day where I wouldn't go to the arena now turns into a day I'm going to the arena again. It's the more money. That's, they, that's a great they idea. Keep winning, you get two JMU games in one day back to yeah, back. Yeah, that's a great. Place. And you're there the whole day. You're making money on concessions and stuff if you're the Sun Belt. Oh, that is brilliant. Good. That is brilliant. Love I don't know why more of those mid-majors don't do that. I like it. The major conferences uh, probably don't need it, but 
that, honestly, I've watched some ACC championship games that it's kind of empty. Like, maybe that's not a bad idea, too. You know what they changed with the ACC basketball, at least for the men's tournament? They're that not going to have the sectional seating for the different teams now. It's just going to be like wide open tickets scattered oh, everywhere. That's a bad and idea. I I agree. I I thought it was cool, like where you you could watch on TV and the different camera angles, and all of a sudden you just see like a swath of maroon, and you know, or like the Carolina blue. You could just tell where everybody was. And then by Saturday, like the people that are okay, I gave out my tickets and I sold them. Like it it got more full for Saturday night for the championship or Sunday back in the day. I I don't know why they're dead set on changing that's, that. I guess that's a bad idea for a lot of reasons. Yeah, people could be fighting. Yeah. Those those hokies get down there. They're gonna be they're gonna be mad. At I people. don't like that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Let's I stick don't with like the mid majors. How'd those uh, Rams do last week? Well, the Rams ended up um, beating LaSalle, which was a big win. They needed that. That was a really big win for uh, VCU because LaSalle was ranked third in the A10 at the time. Um, so it was got them to seven wins overall, four in the conference. But then it was a tough loss at Duquesne. They're going to go to St. Joe's on Wednesday, which is a game that hopefully they'll be able to get a win. Um, we'll see. And then it's home against Rhode Island on Super Bowl Sunday. That will be a really big test. Rhode Island is the number one team in the conference right now. And uh, Rhode Island and UMass are kind of uh, just a different level than the rest of the A-10. Well, the struggle continues there. But, uh, yeah, maybe, you never know. So the, young players, the young players keep playing better each game, which is kind of what you want to see. Um, and, and you see the growth and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, they haven't had their leading score for the last few games, which is. I'm going to say you said she got issue. hurt a couple games ago. Yeah. Um, she hasn't played in the last few games. Um, so while she's been out, the younger players have stepped up and that's kind of what you want to see from them, honestly. And hopefully they'll be able to keep winning. Uh, like I said, St. Joe's is a game that, you're going to look to try to win because the Rhode Island game, while VCU wants to win that game, it's uh, it's going to be a much more difficult game than the St. Joe's game. The last women's basketball team I want to talk about jumping up to the ACC, Virginia Tech, still more wins. They beat Syracuse last week. They just beat number 15 NC State mm-hmm. on Monday night. So that was a nice win. Uh, they have five of their last six games against ranked teams in the ACC there. Florida State comes up this Sunday. They have other ranked games ahead of them. Uh, so, you know, watch the Hokies here. If they keep on, you know, every time you notice that they win, that could really be spelling, you know, good good for the future on what they're going to be able to handle going into the tournament. Um, but also if they drop a couple games, don't think that's terrible because they're playing tough teams. Uh, so it's just somewhere in there. It's going to be good experience for them in the ACC. Hopefully gets them ready to take that ACC tournament. I'm really looking forward to those games. I watched a lot of them last year uh, in the ACC tournament, especially. So I'm looking forward to that tournament. That that tournament will be the week before um, the ACC tournament. Uh, so that'll be one to watch. Uh, all right. Uh, let's kick this over to our guest. Uh, this week, we're going to be really happy to have her back on the podcast for the second year in a row. So once again, we are lucky enough to have Coach Laporte from JMU Softball back on the podcast. Had her on last year, and great to have her back on this year. I, I think it's established now. We just gonna we're gonna get you every year on the first week of February. I think I think this is a 
verbal contract is what we've just uh, made here. But coach, thanks for coming back on with us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And I'm all in for, for doing this every year. I think that's great. <laughs> awesome. So we are excited about your season. Joe and I uh, have talked about it a little bit, but, uh, you know, looking at the notes of it, I mean, it's a heck of a schedule ahead of you. I mean, when you have all these early season tournaments that then dump into that Sunbelt schedule, there's just good games all over the place. It is. And, you know, I think um, obviously in, in looking at the Sunbelt and the reputation of the Sunbelt schools and, and the softball, it's it's very strong. And, you know, there's some schools that kind of came in this year that are also very strong. You know, they added Marshall with us um, and, and Southern Miss. So all of those schools that they added um, to the conference are also really good softball schools. Um, but the conference is loaded and, you know, and I think it's a great thing um, as far as RPI. And that's something that when we sat down and, and tried to figure out our schedule um, to kind of keep that in mind with it being such a high RPI schedule uh, or conference, um, you know, to, to balance some things out. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about what we put together and, and going into some power fives, you know, playing UNC, NC State, Duke, UVA. Um, those are all regional power five, you know, powerhouses as well. So I, I, I do, I, I love, I like the schedule. Um, and I think it's pretty, um, balanced as far as, you know, winning, winning big games keeps our RPI up. Were now, you I know, um, uh, early in the season? I know you have all these travel tournaments, which is normal. That's not, you know, different than what you're used to. Uh, you know, what, what's the main goal coming out of those? I know you already talked about some RPI and, and experiencing some of those power five teams, but you know, do you really look at that at, at great preparation for the end of the season when you get dumped back into tournaments? Absolutely. I mean, we're on the road. I mean, yes, we've hosted a regional and a super regional, but you can't always bank on that. Um, and I think, you know, you have to have a high RPI in order to even get that. You have to be, you know, top 16 seed. So um, I, it's good to play on the road and, and play at other places. And to be completely honest, it's too cold to play here. Um, that's really why <laughs> we go south. <laughs> And and play uh, away the first four weekends. You know, even when we host our tournament in March, it's still cold. Um, so that's really the big reason why we're on the road mostly. I would love to be able to play at home in February, but it's just it's hard to do. <laughs> so I'm sure you're very since the season's getting ready to ramp up here very soon. You'll be talking to your team a lot more, but. When those preseason predictions came out and they had you guys slotted fifth, uh, is that something you can use for some motivation? Because um, I noticed uh, being on JMU Twitter quite a bit that it was kind of quiet when they're like, oh, fifth, okay. Hmm. Um, and I, I'll admit, I was a bit surprised. I knew Sunbelt, you know, it's a much bigger step up in terms of weekend, weekend, uh, weekend in, weekend out competition in that conference schedule. But I was like, man, fifth seemed kind of low. Um, are, is that something you're talking to your team? Like, hey, look, we're the new guys yeah. on the block, and they don't think we're good enough to be in here. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you go into a, a conference, especially like this, when it is a, a big-time baseball, softball conference, um, you have to prove yourself. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is we've, we've really never played some belt teams, um, even in the preseason tournaments. I mean, we might have played Coastal and App State a long time ago, but – you know, they're not really familiar with us. We're not familiar with them. And, you know, we have to, to prove ourselves in this conference. And if you kind of take a look at the teams ab above us, they've done a good job. Um, they have a, a good reputation. They're all from the West, um, Lafayette, Troy, Texas State, South Alabama. Um, they've all been to regionals, you know, um, in the past five years, every single one of them. So, you know, that's it's something that um, 
I, I like it. I like going into it where we have some hunger um, and some fuel and, and some, some proving to do. And I think it's good for this young team. Well, looking at your preseason all-conference players in particular, I mean, you have Hannah Shiflett first, and you do have the talent to compete with some of these better teams out West, like you said, and that's, I think, something exciting for the fans because I know you guys draw a pretty good crowd there, and now they're going to have better competition to see bigger games. Yeah, I, I think our fans are excited about it. I mean, obviously, we if you haven't been to Harrisonburg lately, we just completed our seating yeah. expansion. Yeah. Um, so now instead of, you know, seating under 900, we're at 1500 and it is amazing. Um, it's, it's just that stadium feel, um, you know, yes, our stadium was, you know, one of the best, um, in, in the state, but now it's, it's one of the best in the country. And I think it's huge, um, you know, being able to be in a situation where if we do finish high, you know, we have an opportunity at hosting, we have all new lighting system with led lights, um, and also the administration, um, did some work to our locker room and entryway. So it's just great all overall for our team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think everybody's excited kind of for this new era and, and JMU has already done very well in, in some of the other sports, um, which is good whenever you move into a conference, you know, you want to go in and, and you want to compete. And I feel like in every sport we've already competed. Yeah. Including some conference championships. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and softball is one of the ones that, you know, when Joe and I talked about this for the last year, ever since, you know, that got finalized was, you know, softball would be one definitely competing in. And so, you know, you know, being ranked fifth, I mean, kind of harping on that point, you, looking at those teams above you, you have Louisiana, you have Troy, you can get both of those teams at home. That has to make you feel pretty good that, you know, two teams that are known to be class of the conference, they get to come see what JMU is all about firsthand. You have to be pretty proud of what they'll see there. Yeah. And, you know, our, our job is to pre protect this house. And that's kind of what we've been talking about with our players. Like we protect one another, we protect the family and, and we play um, and have each other's back and, and play for one another. And that's kind of been our message all fall and all spring and, and what we want out of team play. You know, we, have focused a lot on our team goals and, and not so much, you know, the individual stuff, because sometimes you can get wrapped up into that, uh, wrapped up into that. And, and it's tough for a team, especially when you don't have a team that has a ton of experience playing wise. I mean, Hannah Shiflett, Hallie Hall are, are the two kind of upperclassmen that have played um, for a long time in their careers. But other than that, you know, yeah, jazz, you know, had a great year as a freshman, but you know, she only has one year under her belt. So um I think it's just it's one of those things where we, we've really talked to the team um, about that. And so with a lot of new faces being on this team, you know, for the JMU softball fans that are going to be coming to the park this year, expecting to see a lot of wins, who are going to be some of those new faces that you think are really, really going to become household names for softball fans in Harrisonburg? Yeah, well... We have, you know, I think two freshmen right now that are going to be impact players um, right away. Um, KK Mathis was um, one of probably our best recruits um, as far as being ranked coming in. Um, she was ranked 19th in the country, and she's from the Cincinnati, um, Ohio area, and she's she's a big bopper. Um, you know, she's she's a power hitter. She can hit the ball a long way, and, and that's something that we needed um, in our lineup. You know, we've always kind of – that's been our philosophy. We're, we're the long ball kind of hitting team, and – um, she kind of has come in and filled that role. Um, and then, you know, we have 
Bella Hensler and, and Lily Romero and really Grace Newell, who was a transfer from Charlotte, Bella being a freshman um, and Lily being a sophomore, sophomore, they're all kind of behind the plate right now fighting it out. And I think, honestly, as a coach, it has been very difficult putting together a starting lineup. And, um, you know, we've as a staff have sat down and that's what you want. You you yeah. want the players to make it difficult. Um, you want the players to be competing. Um, so those are kind of some some younger names. We, you know, we have Kylie Gleason, who's really had an outstanding fall and spring. She was our transfer from South Carolina um, last year. She got injured um, in the beginning of the season and, and couldn't get out of the injury. So um, it was a tough year for her, but she's come back and, and she's full go and, and she's doing a heck of a job. So I just think we're going to have some players that got some playing time, you know, in the past, but this year it's, it's their year. Um, and I feel like they're feeling confident. They're feeling good. And to be completely honest, people, like I said, behind them are pushing them. And I yeah. think that's what makes you even better. Just having that competitiveness. And it's, it's a first year in a long time that we've had some depth where I feel comfortable that if something happened or if I needed to make a change, we have someone right there um, that's ready to go. And that kind of separates the good from the great, right? Because injuries, you never want injuries to happen, but it's something that happens in sports. And it, like you said, it's comforting as a coach, I'm sure, to know if an injury happens that you're like, okay, well, you know, it's not like we've just blown up a certain hole in our lineup. Yeah. I mean, we've been through that, you know, in the past when Odyssey went down, um, you know, she went down the World Series year and she was out for six weeks and, you know, we had two pitchers that had to step in and, and do their job and they got, you know, they arose to the occasion and, and kept us winning ball games. And then we were fortunate enough to get Odyssey back, you know, um, at the right time. And all three of them did such a good job at, at doing what they were supposed to do. So it is a bit of relief that you're not just relying on one or two players um, to get it done because you never know when it comes to injuries or anything really. Um, so I, I have loved the depth and I loved the fight from everyone. It It is top to bottom. One of the hardest working teams we've ever had. Um, you know, you always have four or five that outwork everyone, but I can tell you um, they are working um, and, and they're working together, but they're also working on their individual game um, a lot coming in, asking questions, wanting to watch video. Um, so that, that means a lot, you know, to, to the staff that they just want to get better every day. It sounds like, you know, a year ago we talked about the recruiting and how it's kind of changing with the, you know, the, the Sunbelt news coming up and all that. It, it sounds like that's paid off. I, I, another, you know, I kind of ask you for the update on recruiting, you know, how have you seen it change as it, has it kind of adjusted the way you expected um, and, you know, looking ahead at recruiting? Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that we're not going to change is, is the type of kids that we want to bring in. Um, you know, I think, everyone knows who JMU is now. Like, you know, I go to the West coast, anywhere I go recruit, um, you know, the interest level is higher than I, than it's ever been. But at the end of the day, why change something? You know, we, we've had so many kids from the state of Virginia um, and, and even small town kids um, that have really done a good job. So we don't want to completely change the way, you know, we do things, but we have gone in different areas than we have before. And, and like, you know, like a KK, um, you know, we, we, and we've had some Ohio kids, but she's kind of a mix of, you know, still kind of being blue collar, still being a worker. Um, but being one of the high level recruits that we've never, you know, really gotten before. Um, I think our 23 class that's coming in, um, next year, you know, we have Kirsten fleet, um, coming from Auburn, um, high school out of Reiner, Virginia. 
Yeah. Um, she's a big time pitcher. Um, and, and we're very excited about her coming in next year and, and being able to help our pitching staff. Um, and then we have I'm a short you said something about her. I was looking for her. I didn't know she was next year. I was looking on the roster. I was like, where's that Auburn kid? Yeah, she's next year. So she, we just signed her. up every time she plays them. So. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 um, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, everybody thought she was coming this year. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, you said that because a lot of people did think, um, yeah. and cause she was on KK's team. Okay. Um, so everybody thought they were coming together, but she's got one more year and, Darn. um, so we're, <laughs> I'd rather her be with you and not tearing up class A, <laughs> class one. <laughs> I know I watched her in the state championship last year and you know, my, obviously my kids go to Riverhead. So I had to kind of be in the middle on that one. Um, <laughs> I had some parents from Riverheads trying to figure out how to hit her. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just being quiet, <laughs> 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 but it, it was fun. It was fun to see Riverheads do that. Um, and, and, you know, to, to get to a state championship. Yeah. We, we need to get you uh Riverheads needs to get you a kid here sometime. I, I, uh, I know they're all trying to make it to the next level and play, but we got to we got to get one to you. And yeah. I mean, you've had some good, you know, JMU's had some good recruits out of uh, the local area, so uh, it'd be nice to see another one of those come through. That's what I always get most excited about for any of the sports at JMU when there's a local kid. I know with the um, women's basketball, there was a couple there for a stretch, mm-hmm. and, and with Megan Good coming through softball, so yeah. uh, we got to get you more. I know, I know, and but and and it's not like you know we're not we want to go in elsewhere. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, our, our three all Americans have been, you know, or actually our four all Americans have been from the state of Virginia. Um, so I, I think it's a balance, um, just like anything. And, um, you know, I just finding that right fit and, and getting those kids that really buy into what we do. Um, we just, you know, we, we have to do it a little differently and, uh, you have to be willing to put in the work. Um, and we want our players when they step on the field, um, they know that they're ready. It's not something that they just come and, get, get, you know, they have to earn everything that they get. And that's something that we talk to them about. And that's why I'm so excited about this team. Just, they have done everything that we've asked them to do. Um, and now I'm just ready to see them compete. And, um, you know, being in a spring sport, it's, it's hard, you know, yeah, you have some fall games, but in the fall games, you're kind of playing everybody, you're switching pitchers out, you know, it's not as, as realistic as a spring. So, I can't wait to just see this team once they come together and figure things out. Do I think it's going to happen open and weekend? Probably, you know, we're going to have some, some rust to get off of us and some things to get through. But I think once they figure themselves out, it's, it's going to be a, a, a fun team to watch. Well, I know you guys have been working hard and worked through the fall, but I have to assume there's been at least a couple moments uh, away from softball that you were able to enjoy the holidays or have some uh, time so when you got, you know, to lazy time to where you weren't focused on softball, you know, uh, update us on something that you watched or a movie or a series that you might have binged uh, that uh, our, our <laughs> listeners need to catch up on as well. Yeah, well, um, my husband and I um, have gotten into Stranger Things. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, we it's so funny because we kind of like different things, but it's it's nice when you can like, enjoy the same thing, get excited about the same thing. And, you know, we have two young kids. So from four 30 to eight yeah. o'clock, it's, it's chaos. You know, yep. I mean, we're taking yep. basketball, we're doing this. Um, but we were like, let's like find a show that we both like together. Um, and we have been into it and now we're on another Netflix show. Um, we're actually in the middle of it right now. We had to stop it so I could come down here and talk to you guys. <laughs> but it's the last of us. I think it is. It's on HBO. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. 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 So we're, we're in the middle of watching that right now, but we also 
purchased a beach house in the OBX in June. Awesome. Um, so we went in with his sisters and his mom and dad. Yeah. And it has been amazing just to be able to get away one weekend and just kind of turn off, like you said. And it's right. hard for coaches to do that. It's it's absolutely hard for me to do that because I'm thinking someone else is doing something that I should be doing. Um, but, you know, the month of December, everybody's kind of getting their downtime as coaches and we can't go out and recruit anyway. Um, yes, we could have camps, but, you know, sometimes you need that that personal time, <laughs> um, especially when you have kids. <laughs> So, well, you yeah. talked about cold really at the beginning exciting. of the year. <laughs> I can only imagine how cold it would be during a camp in December. <laughs> it's inside. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. It'll almost yeah, have to have, be. Yeah. We have an amazing indoor facility. We really do. I mean, it, it's huge. It's, I mean, it's the same gym that Ralph, you know, it's the Harrison oh, yeah. High School that Ralph Sampson played in. So that's kind of cool. You know, we re recruits. Um, the parents usually know who he is, but yeah. <laughs> um, we have, you know, we have eight cages in there. We can pull them all back. I mean, we can probably have 50, up to 50 kids in there. Um, so in November and December and January, we're, we're mostly inside running camps. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on with us, coach. And, uh, we look yeah. forward to next year and we'll be watching you all season rooting for you, uh, and seeing you, uh, prove that number five wrong. That's, that's what we're in. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks again there to Coach Laporte from JMU coming on with us. And I always appreciate her coming on. She, you know, so family oriented and everything, but knowing, knowing her husband and <laughs> for growing up and playing soccer with him and going to school with him. Uh, I just, I love that connection there. And her kids are going to school with my kids. So it's, it's a lot of fun to see her around. So really looking forward to their new opportunities in the Sun Belt. And I, I just, I just have this confident feeling about it. I just think they're going to come out firing this year and really, I'm not saying number five is disrespectful and I get why, you know, the media of the Sun Belt is going to not rank JMU in the top two there. Like I, I get why, but I just, it would not surprise me if they just really show them how wrong they are by the, by the time they're done. That's what we hope. Right. And no offense to yeah. any of our other guests, especially the ones that come on here a lot, Patrick Hite and Cody Elliott and Mike Barber. But I think Lauren Laporte is our biggest guest and she, we've gotten her twice. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, come on, Mike Barber. Coach a College World Series. Yeah, game, come on, you know? Mike Barber. Win a Pulitzer Prize. God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump to the NFL. Uh, I think there I think there is a game this weekend in the NFL. Um, they're going to play it out in Arizona. Uh, mm. The Super Bowl will be played at 630 on Fox. And the Chiefs and Eagles will be facing off. For what reason do you have the Chiefs, Joe? Wow. I couldn't even fool you, huh? <laughs> um, Cause you don't have the Eagles. <laughs> I I do think this is gonna be a good game. Um <sighs> Honestly, if you're asking me with my heart of hearts, I do think the Eagles are gonna win. I guess oh, my really? brain of brains, my brain of brains. I think the Eagles will win. I'm rooting for the chiefs, but I think the Eagles will win. And let me tell you why, because no matter what you're right now, is yep. that's, um, and it's because I, I do think the injury to Patrick Mahomes is going to be an issue. Their defense is going to get to him and he's not going to be able to get away. That's my fear. 
Um, the Eagles defense. That's what we saw last time they were in the Super Bowl. That's what we saw happen to Mahomes. Yeah, was just that constant pressure, and he. Could, I mean, it was like him against the world, and he couldn't do anything. And that was with him with a healthy ankle. So that's my worry. Um, and the Eagles defense is great at putting pressure on. So we've seen it already in every in both their playoff games and a lot of their games in the regular season. The only question is if the Eagles get pulled out into deep water in the fourth quarter and it's a close, tight game, do they have what it takes to win? Because their two playoff games have been fairly easy games. It was right. the Giants who were the worst team in the playoffs. And it was the, well, outside of maybe the Chargers. And it was the 49ers without a quarterback. So right. not really stiff competition yet in the postseason for them. Patrick Mahomes is going to be better than both of those. Even Chad Hinney will be better than both of those. But I will say, like, I do think the defense for the Eagles is good enough to win the Super Bowl, and the offense typically takes care of the ball and doesn't turn it over. I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. I, You know, I, I haven't checked what the line – I don't even know what the lines are on like this. I something I haven't seen any promos. Um, uh, you're just not looking. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't looked. I haven't seen any promos. I haven't got into the into there to set a bet. I, I mean, the Chiefs. I mean, the Eagles are favored, right? By what two? I'll tell you here in a minute. I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, they have to be favored. I think the Chiefs are gonna win because I think it's a high scoring game. One and, and a half, and the gonna, the over under okay. is fifty one. Fifty one. Yeah, that's so fairly probably, high scoring. I probably if I. I would probably do a single game parlay and bet the Chiefs and the over because I think for the Chiefs to win, it's going to be a higher scoring game. If it's a lower scoring game, I think that favors the Eagles uh, because if the Chiefs aren't scoring, they're going to be uncomfortable. They're going to probably be making mistakes for that to be happening. Um, Mahomes injury is probably going to be the factor. So that's the way I see things going. That's the way I hope things go. I love higher scoring Super Bowls. Uh, it makes it fun. It makes those Super Bowl squares get mixed up and stuff, and that makes it real fun. But yeah, I agree. I I want the Chiefs. I think they can. I think I think they will. It won't be shocking. This isn't like some kind of mid '90s Super Bowl where you're just shocked if uh, the other team wins. I mean, the Eagles very deserving. They they were undefeated late into the season. Hurts is good. I, I like the Hurts story. You know, getting benched in that big moment in the um, national championship, and then you know not just completely acting like a baby about it all and. He what used a grad transfer to end up at Oklahoma, but he didn't bolt on Bama early by any means. And I, I just appreciate what he did, has done and continues to prove haters wrong. I like that. Um, but I'm just not one to cheer for Philadelphia teams. So John Leonard, apologies, but uh, I'll be with the Chiefs there. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a good time. I the most exciting thing I have for the Super Bowl though is that Chris Stapleton is singing the anthem. I am pumped for that. I really am. I like Chris Stapleton. Like he's one of he's, it's kind of becoming my all timer that I my favorite country artist. Um, so I really appreciate uh, him getting this opportunity and kind of getting that stage for himself. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I agree with you on the on the national anthem. I'm actually looking forward to the halftime show too with Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna will be on a good show. I think it'll be a good show. I'm going to be uh -huh. playing a game with the people that I go to the Super Bowl watch party with on, you know, 
what songs which do you real, think she's going to do and which which is your friends, dream your real friends and family not right your, yeah not you yeah i won't be hanging out with you i'll be hanging out with real friends and family um and um no hey, i'm just I asked kidding my wife to the prom in high school and she said no so you know i'm just used to invitations getting denied so i think that means leland's playing the long game with me um but <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But I do have, I am going to be seeing some other friends uh, and family, um, but playing a game with them on what songs do you think will be performed and what is your dream Rihanna Ella, halftime show? Ella, eh, eh. I don't think that's, that's not on my dream. And I don't think she's going to sing that. I hope she doesn't. I hate that song. Yeah, I like Rihanna. Is. I like a lot. Of, oh, she has some jams. I hate Umbrella. Oh my goodness. I'll just tell you right now. One of them is Disturbia. If Disturbia made it to the halftime show, I'd be pumped. She has a lot of good ones. I think. Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Yeah, I'm not ready for this game that you have with your uh, with your people, but I'm rooting for you. I've been listening to some Rihanna on Spotify to try to get ready for this game. So, how'd you do last year with uh, Dre and Eminem? And not great. Fifty was a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, not great. I feel like I Eminem is another enough. one. I do wonder because she has some songs with Eminem. I'm wondering if Eminem makes another appearance. She has two, right? Yeah. She has um, the where the it's on fire. I don't know. I Love don't the know way you lie songs. is another one. Yeah. Maybe yeah. If M showed up, I'd be I'd be good. I would. You think it'd be upside Love the way down, you lie would be not a bad one to have. Um, she has a couple of those like David Guetta songs too. She's got some she new likes. ones that are that I just haven't, frankly, I haven't heard yet. Uh, that are uh, she'll do that. And this is a tip. The song from that, the Black Panther, the one movie. that ended the Black Panther. Yeah, lift me up. Yeah. yeah, she'll do that. That's, that's really going to be one that I predict. Um, yeah. I need to listen to it. I saw it was like the number one song for her right now that I just I haven't heard it. Um, she could open with that, like the real slow, soft opening. Okay, so you think that's the opener, huh? Maybe, maybe. Love the way like you her, lie. Kind of like on, at a piano or something coming out of the stage. The monster. Like just kind of slow, and it has like the purple lights kind of, and she kind of gets through that, and then all of a sudden she just comes out banging. Yeah, monster was the other one with Eminem. Yeah, there you go. Man, could be some good uh, ones. Um, but so anyway, the, the, the best thing about this year's Super Bowl, I think, other than Chris Stapleton singing the anthem, okay, is Tom Brady's not in it. Sure, I don't have to end that game and like suddenly walk down the stairs of my parents' house and walk into a room of like eh, that asshole won again. Like I don't have to do that, and so I'm excited. He wasn't gonna. Have, we're gonna have to do that anyway, even if he wasn't retiring. But. Yeah, I'm glad he's retired. I'm glad we don't ever have to do it again. I assume sometime I'm going to have to listen to him call a Super Bowl, which I'm not excited about, but it sounds like we have until 24 before that potentially will happen. I uh, I am happy he's retired. I'm tired about talking about Tom Brady every week. I know we'll still talk about him a lot as the season gets going next year, but then I think we'll have a, a slight reprieve of just talking about Tom Brady nonstop each and every week about his personal life, about his diet, about everything. And we can move on with some other young stars in this league. There's so many good quarterbacks, and particularly the AFC. I'm excited about that. And so glad he retired. Glad he did it quick. I'm glad he did it in this week between the Super Bowl because I thought last year he did that, and I thought he kind of made it about him. And then 
this year it kind of came and went pretty quick because they're like, oh, he retired again and let's move on. And so, well, uh, I think that's I'm, because I'm I one, I don't think people believe him, and I don't know if I believe him. I believe him this year. I don't. Um, I think when it gets near training camp time, he'll feel the desire to play again. Man, should we make a bet? No, we shouldn't. But that's like, just like September first if he's on our roster. That's just my prediction. I don't think I think he's done. I don't think he is. You blew up your family for that year. No, come on. His he. he <laughs> I hate that. I heard of people, and it's just like if he got divorced in October. It wasn't going good in February either. Like it doesn't just happen. Because but she was like, like okay, you're going to be at home. Like, I might as well play football if this thing's going to crap anyway. You're going to be at home. We're going to make this work. We're going to try this. And then he's like, no, we're not because I'm playing football. He's not going to be with her. He's going to be with someone. Well, half not, her now. Age. Like, not now. Not <laughs> now. I don't know. Like, he'll be playing dad every other weekend. I don't and- feel bad. With a mod, a different model. I don't feel bad for him. It's his decision. Yeah, I, I think just hearing how he's approached things, I think the fact that he did just do it the other day and it wasn't some big build up to it. I, I don't know. I think he's done. I really do. We'll see. I doubt it. I'll make a bet with September first. No, we're not betting. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, speaking of Tom Brady, I want to ask you. Tom Brady yeah. is widely regarded as the greatest of all time. Yes. I, I, there's enough stats and championships that it's hard to argue that. Yeah. Okay. If I said you're starting an NFL franchise, you can go into a time machine, take any quarterback in their prime. Okay. Who is your quarterback? <sighs> so you're taking them in their prime. Do I have control? Can I can I insert some stuff in people's contracts to control yes. them what they're doing off the field? Yes. I know. And I'm taking my pick. You know what? That wasn't the first name that popped in my head, but when I kept playing this game, this game, by the way, came from Aaron at work. I'll give him credit. Um, we played this game after listening to Tom Brady talk on Cowherd today. Um, and I think the, the first name that popped in my head was Dan Marino. Then I said See, Joe Peyton, Montana. Peyton Manning would be one of those upper yeah, ones. Then Joe the, Montana, like, Peyton, Peyton. Those were the first three that popped in my head. But then I was like, you know what? Michael Vick. Because yeah. I'm going to give that Michael defense Vick something they can't. Yeah. He's that's going something. to Lambeau, winning playoff games. He is riding high. I, I just – He has the him. explosive the speed. Entry. He has the arm power. Like – I just need him to not throw picks. But he went to prison for how long, and then still came back and was a starting quarterback in this two league. years. Yes, like I, I'll take him in his prime, and I'll avoid. You know, I have the time machine. I know what happened in the future. I, I just like well, squash that from. Being ideally, to you go in the time machine before he starts doing that. Take right. him to today, and don't let him hang out with those people. I mean, I'll take him early in his contract because, like, he got to his prime pretty quick. Like he. He was good. I'm, I'm, I'll try to convince him that he needs to be better in the playbook like he was later in his career. Um, but, yeah, I need to separate him from his off-the-field troubles. Um, and, yeah, no, I'll take him because I think absolutely I'd win the most with him. I think 
Peyton Manning's that other quick name I bring up. Yeah. Love Peyton Manning. As a Steelers fan, even, I love Peyton Manning. When the Steelers would get knocked out, I was usually rooting for him. They didn't usually knock us out. We knocked them out some. But I Peyton Manning, I just respect him so much. I like what he does in the field. But he had incredible lineups at the Colts. And he had a lot of opportunities to win. And I know he kept falling to Tom Brady and, and that. I want to see what Michael Vick can do without any, any disruptions. So I, I'm taking Michael Vick. Peyton Manning's probably my second. I respect the Dan Marino, Joe Montana. I'm probably going with Joe Montana over Dan Marino in my book for that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm I'm probably saying Joe Montana third is probably what I'm saying by by doing that. Um, this was the other question. How far down the list before you get to Tom Brady? I think for me, because I personally don't like him. I don't No, but I think I think I could get to 10 quarterbacks I would want before Tom Brady. Yeah, he's not mobile. And um, then so this was the larger point that Aaron was trying to make. And I was like, you know what? That's a great point. I think I agree Steve with you. Yon over Tom Brady. Yes. That was another one we both said. Um, why is Tom Brady the greatest of all time? If we're taking like 10 people before him. Yeah. What am I trying? I mean, I don't know, I, but he did like, he, because he did win. if you like, said we're theoretically coming up with this team that we're going to win with, he lived real life and did win. And not only with Belichick, he won one, in Tampa Bay but later. if you can so like, pick any quarterback in their prime, you're going to pick 10 quarterbacks before him is yeah, our point, which yeah. means that really that's not what the greatest of all time is then. Because if you said, yeah. Leland, let's build a basketball team. Who's the, the first person you're world, taking? We're picking 10 guys, but he actually went to 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. But that's he's not Leland. You're missing the point of the game. The point of the game is you get to pick in the game. I answered the game and I agree with what you're saying, but I'm, but I'm also like not going to just crap on him. I'm not crapping on him. I'm not saying Tom Brady sucks, but well, you say it about Jeter, (laughs) you make up, you make up. Oh, I could find 50 shortstops. I would find 50 shortstops for Jeter. Jeter is an above average (laughs) shortstop, but, (laughs) but the point is, Tom Brady is then not the greatest of all time. If you, if we can get to 10 quarterbacks before we get to Tom Brady on I our would, ideal just list, like, to, like for someone to name one of these other quarterbacks you'd rather have that has like six championships. So, okay. Okay. But that just means he was on Tom better teams. None of them it doesn't either. mean he was better. It means he was on better teams, but he was consistently the man on those teams. He had MVP seasons. He? he set passing records. Like it wasn't like he was Mr. Behind the scenes. Like, and he did it on two different teams. Like he won on two different teams. It's just like I, I, I don't like. He's not my number one quarterback, but like, I get why he is the known as the number one quarterback. And before him, it was Joe Montana because he won multiple Super Bowls, and he was. But that's that one team. of the first like, quarterbacks you're taking, so that's I'm not different. Joe Montana, I'm not taking Joe Montana first either. Okay, but he's one of the first you're taking. He's in the top three at yeah, least. Yeah, but I, I, I absolutely think my bias is playing a role here. I don't think so. I think Boston <laughs> is the only. I think Boston is the only area where people are taking Tom Brady first, and that's because yeah, they don't know they what a did, good quarterback they looks did like. Have him first, and they won six Super Bowls with him, so that worked out for them. But they also had a really good coach and a really good team, so I think that had a lot to do with it too. And then Tampa Bay got him for a minute. And then I think if here's the thing, I think if you switch Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, T- Tom Brady plays in Indianapolis. Peyton Manning plays in New you England. Think Peyton Manning and Belichick work 
uh, well together? I don't. I think Peyton Manning wins just as many Super Bowls, if not more, than Tom Brady did. I think I Tom Brady. And Manning I don't know if Tom Brady Super wins a Super Bowl. Well, lucky for him. It is lucky for him, but I think that's the point, right? Lucky for him, real life happened. But that's the point is when we're saying greatest of all time, greatest of all time should be able to go into other places. If you're like, yeah, but if he was on this team, he still would have won Super Bowls. Like, I don't think that's the case for Tom Brady. I know he won one in Tampa, but that was a really good defense in Tampa. That's what we say. That's what we say. But he did. That's my point. But the other point that he was making, and I agreed, if we're saying pick a starting a basketball team, who's the first person you're saying? Michael Jordan. Yes. Yeah. And, but people still debate who's number one there, too. Okay, but... <laughs> we still have to listen to these conversations Even if you're well. saying LeBron, then your number two is Jordan. I respect when, old, when older people, like, say, you know, Kareem, or, you know, even if they still bring up Magic. I don't... I, I, I respect when they say stuff like that, or Wilt Chamberlain will come up. Bill Russell is a great one. I mean, Bill Russell is the one I should have said first. Like, I respect those opinions, because, like, hey, I didn't watch the prime of any of those guys, and so, like, I'll respect those opinions. I, I just think there's so much that goes Jordan's way, particularly in the LeBron debate, that I just don't, I don't see, like, how we continue to have this. Like, what's happening now for LeBron? Like, I think reinforces Jordan. So, I sure. mean, Jordan, I mean, LeBron's passing the all-time sco- all scoring mark. He's knocking off Kareem's all-time scoring mark. I, I I would listen to a debate all day that still says Kareem's better than LeBron. Like, I'll, I'll listen to that. I don't I mean, know if I'd listen to that. I mean, that's but... the thing there. Like, I just don't think there's a debate for Jordan. I just don't – I don't get – Bill Russell's the only debate that I'll really handle, really, like, concede. I won't listen the to Bill ones Russell. I'll listen to, I'll concede Bill Russell. Has more championships. He was the man for him. Playing an NBA that has more than 10 teams. Uh and they're not drunk coming in at halftime. I mean, yeah. that's your Babe Ruth argument there, too. Yeah. So. I think about Magic. I'm not trying to disrespect Magic. I coasted through that. Magic said Jordan was better. So, like, I'll listen to Magic say someone was better than him. Because yeah. I haven't really heard Michael Jordan say that about anybody. So I, You will never hear Michael Jordan say that about anybody. <laughs> Michael Jordan will die, and you won't hear him say that about anybody. Um <laughs> But I think that was the larger point. I didn't want to get us into a LeBron versus Jordan debate, but that that was the point. Well, I mean, is, quick. I, Jordan is quick. Jordan is yeah. quick answer there. He's going to make everyone's top five, whereas Tom Brady's not making – like if I get ten choices, I don't know if I take Tom Brady. So, so in hockey, you're taking Gretzky number one if you're starting a team? No. He's going to be one of my picks. Ovi's my first. Yeah, there's some homerism coming in there. It's some homerism, but Ovi's going to break his record too. Yeah. But if someone said Gretzky like, first, would I be upset? No. Huh? What's the like career length difference there? Ovi has played in more games. Okay. Or will have. Yeah. I mean Gretzky's Gretzky's known as the number one. I don't yeah, I don't hate that. Like if someone said Gretzky, yeah. that's fair. But I don't like I don't like Brady. I don't really hate the like I, I can see that to lead this argument off, you said Tom Brady. I like I can see that like I get why he's number. I get why we call him the number one quarterback. I get it. It, I, I weigh a lot on championships. Like I, it's a while before I get to Dan Marino, probably because of that, and that maybe not fair to him. But like, 
they do mean something. And, it, and in, like that length of consistency and I mean, it means something. No, because I need to use it with Jordan because I got six there then lose any of them. Yeah, but I, I disagree. There. <laughs> like, I also think Jordan was the best player. It wasn't yeah. just the rings. It was also he's the best player. So um, whereas I don't think Brady's the best player. I think Brady was maybe the best winner. Yeah, Jeter he made winning plays. Jeter, I mean, like Jeter's maybe the best winner. Doesn't mean he's the best shortstop. Made winning plays there too. I mean, I, I, I'm obviously arguing with you to argue. Like I don't, I didn't want to just sail through this without argument. I just like I, I do not like Tom Brady. I do not like anything the Patriots did. I, I'm just not going to accept that. Like we can both just sit here and crap on him when he's done is what he's done. Like and he's he said. Oh, we can crap on him and he cheated. Like, let's be honest. He cheated. How many Super Bowls does he win if they don't cheat? Two. If you ain't cheating, you ain't Probably trying, Probably two. Right? Probably two. He's a cheater. <laughs> if he's not deflating balls, he's filming He's Barry somebody. Bonds. He's the Barry Bonds equivalent is what I just heard you say. Maybe. <laughs> Probably shouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, but They put him in tomorrow if they could. But wouldn't that be hilarious if the NFL Hall of Fame they had some kind of weak class anytime in the next four years before he's eligible? If there's like a weak class, they'll just be like, yeah, okay, let's put Tom in first year. Let's just get it. Let's just get it. Wouldn't that be funny if the NFL Hall of Fame just like took a moral stand like the baseball Hall of Fame? Well, there were those cheating allegations. There were those cheating allegations, so we can't ignore those. So you're just not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I would die. I would die. That would be funny. Oh, so that's never going to happen. So, um, how'd you enjoy those Pro Bowl games? I enjoyed all zero minutes that I watched. Hey, it's the same amount of the Pro Bowl I watched. And I actually years. did you know, think I, I was going to watch some of it, but it was just like I was doing something else, and I was yeah, like, it was not, I knew it was, it was on, no, and I was like, do I want to watch it? No, I did, I wasn't even in a position to flip by it. You know, like I just I just wasn't there for it. Uh, the social media attention on it. Like, I think they had this like best catch or something. And they're like trying to compare it to the slam dunk contest. I mean, if you want to compare it to the slam dunk contest now, okay. Like, and I'm excited about the one coming up, but okay. Like, but the slam dunk contest back in the day was like a thing. Like it was, it was, uh, it was a time. And so we're not going to compare it to that. Um, I thought, okay, some dodgeball stuff. I'll probably watch. I'll watch these guys, these high end athletes be competitive with one another and hear some of the back and forth and whatnot. But I never made it to it. Um, but I'm not against them. Like, I feel like some people are just, like, against it. I, I did hear one player say how stupid they were. Then don't come next time. I, I, I don't think this is bad for the league to try something different because everybody was just kind of trashing on the Pro Bowl. Even though it was getting ratings, everybody's just kind of trashing on the Pro Bowl. I think to get that negativity away, bring this in, it is obviously aimed at younger generation and stuff like that. Not a bad idea. And maybe baseball should take a note because – Wow. trying some stuff like this on something that doesn't matter like this, like, okay. Like you're just putting all your stars in one place, giving them some TV time, trying to still own the, the TV in the weekend in between the Super Bowl and the championship games. Like it's, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm not against it. Like some people on like few people on Twitter I saw. Yeah. Um, and I was expecting you to be. No, I, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't care what they do with the Pro Bowl. I'm probably not going to watch it no matter what they do. I do think you know they're not playing defense in that game anyway, so why not make a flag football game like that? To me, I'm like, okay, at least that's. Well, they no know, one... they have some flag. They had some flag football going on. That was the game. The game was flag football. 
That's oh, what it yeah. culminated. They had like all those other like. Uh, yeah, there was the skill competition stuff, but yeah. the, I'm saying the big event was the Pro Bowl game. That, that's what it all yeah. led to. The Pro Bowl game was a flag football game. So, yeah. I, if you're not playing defense, why not? Like I don't. That's better. It's less chance of someone getting hurt. That's fine. I'm all about it. I mean, um, I'm one of the kids that used to watch like the MTV Jock Jams or whatever. You'd get like three or four athletes, and then you oh, know, pros versus Joes. Um, not, yeah, I, I think it was called like, MTV uh, that's what it was games. called. It wasn't pros versus Joe's on MTV. Well, while you're looking that up, pros versus Joe's is the one I remember. And that was where they would have actual athletes. No, that's like, that's like real people. That That's, that's Joe's or like not, no, I'm talking back in the day. This might just be before you, so it's fine. We're talking about two different things. I'm talking when they had, like, Mark Wahlberg and King Griffey Jr. playing football against Jerry Rice and other – it was, like, stars. It was an MTV thing. It was that the 90s. That sounds lame. Okay, that sounds lame. Um, but I used to watch those things because I was of a younger generation, and I think that's what the Pro Bowl is, like, trying to capture there is have their stars out there doing fun stuff, and I don't think that's stupid. It's I think not you stupid. Can the right to Nickelodeon, I think, like they did, and have at least something there. Yeah, it's and you were saying baseball should take some notes. Baseball's All Star Game is like the twentieth thing on my list that they need to be worried about in terms of improving their sport. But I think Yon and Yon. I think a great way for baseball to reach out to a younger audience would be to not have blackout restrictions. But that's just me. <laughs> yeah, let let people watch your sport. That, yeah, helping folks be able to actually watch games would be a great way to reach out to them. Instead of saying, nope, got to buy that cable subscription that the younger demographic is more increasingly not buying. Well, then you can't watch us. Oh, that'll show us. We got an email today. I, I got an email last week. If you have YouTube TV, you got an email saying MLB Network and then weren't able to get to an agreement. And the yeah. first thing I said was really smart by MLB. Yeah, hold out. Hold on on the digital. Hold out. Yeah. The only thing you have is TV ratings. Hold out. You talk to all these people or you hear, I mean, you don't talk, but you hear all these people talk about how their kids like don't even watch the big TV in their living room. Like it has to be something special for them to really watch that. And they're consistently on their own tablet or on their own phone. Yeah, MLB, take that option away. Sounds sounds like a good it's, plan. It's so oh. smart. It's incredibly intelligent. And it's going to be the same thing where like in, 20 years when Major League Baseball's behind soccer and auto racing and every other sport and hockey, and they're going to be sitting there going, man, uh, how do we grow the game? How do we grow the game? I don't know, man. Maybe that 20-year window where you got on your high horse and we're like, nope, we're, we're in bed with cable, and you have to buy cable, and we're going to black out your TV if you buy MLB. If you try to buy us and buy the MLB TV subscription or the, I don't even remember what they call I think it is MLB TV, but if you try to buy MLB TV, but you live in the market, we're going to black out your games. So double birds, folks. Really yeah. smart. Just really smart. And when Sweet. baseball dies, I hope it's a slow, painful death, and all those old dinosaurs watch their sport go. I would love nothing more than to watch some, some of those owners go bankrupt, in particular the Angelos family, which just, hey, that's good news. They dropped the lawsuit against each other, so hooray. Just to draw back one step, it was MTV Rock and Jock, and uh, they would have basketball or baseball. Jock Jams was the ESPN albums. That's the another Jock reason Jam I thought was you were the wrong. albums correct. But, That's another uh, reason. The Rock I and Jock wrong. was the games. There's similar sounding words there, so I 
won't take that as complete loss. Speaking of a sport that's dying, <laughs> that darn race, that NASCAR pumped oh, yeah. uh, clash at the Coliseum or whatever they want to call it. I think last year wasn't a complete failure. I think it was an okay entertainment preseason kind of deal there. This was the worst thing that I've ever turned on for NASCAR. It was like, I, I it wouldn't go three laps without a caution, the section that I was watching. It was absolutely terrible. I texted Dan the man during the, while I was watching it. And I just was like, expletive this race. And he's like, yeah, I think we all could have run uh, more <laughs> miles than they've raced so far. I think we could have run 75 laps in the time they've raced in parentheses. So it was just terrible. So I don't, I don't know. Too short a track, I guess. I don't know. I... It, it looks different in there, but like we've seen that now. So I just don't, I don't know. I watched three laps. Well, that came on at 8 o'clock. You were watching ESPN. We'll talk about that in a minute. No, I wasn't, because that didn't come on at 8 o'clock. Um, it was supposed it come to come on, on at 8.30. It didn't come on until 9. Oh. Well, I watched it in its entirety. Um, We're talking about the 30 for 30, just for people. That because, so that that's why I watched... At each other. That's why I watched three laps of it, was because the Knicks and Sixers were on, and I was like, I don't really want to watch this. I might have only watched three laps of actual racing. And I was like, let me watch. Well, that's my thing. The three laps were not racing. So I was like, well, let me see what's going on in the clash, I guess. And I flipped over and was like, nope, this sucks. And I went back to watching the Sixers and the Knicks and cursing them for still playing. I was like, wrap this up. Who cares? And then the Sixers are fouling. They're going to lose that game. They've blown like a 20-point lead or something, and they're like still fouling. You may have fouling. watched more NBA than I have this year. And I was this like, oh, my gosh, kill me. Like, just in this game so I can watch Bullies of Baltimore. And I did watch Bullies of Baltimore, which we'll now segue into. Um, I liked it. I Look, I'll be honest. It's not the greatest 30 for 30 I've seen, but it was pretty good. I really tried to approach it from – knowing that I'm a Steelers fan and I hate the Ravens and all that. Like I tried to approach it. Like I want to enjoy this. I want to give this like a decent shot and not just sit here and steam, uh, which I doubt would be the approach you would take. If it was a Pittsburgh 30 for 30, I think you would just like really tee yourself up to just sit there and spew hatred at it. I would just not watch it. Even, even with my approach, man, I didn't like Shannon Sharp back then. I don't (laughs) like him on TV now. And that thing didn't help me like him anymore. <laughs> like oh, I just I loved don't it. like that guy. I, I don't like it. him at all. Trash talking uh, the Titans. Oh, that was fun. Some of that's okay. He's so full of crap. I just, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't mind trash talking the Titans because Pittsburgh had the same relationship with the Titans. They were all in that central back in the day. And I mean, we were rivals with them too. Like I understood. That was the thing, what man. Was going on there. That, okay, so let's talk about our takeaways from the documentary. Um, watching yeah. that, I there was so much stuff. Like, I was a really, really young kid when that was going on. Like, I was in fourth or fifth grade when that Super Bowl happened. And so... I was 16. I was driving. What? <laughs> it was 2000. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Hold on. Then I'm not... I'm, I put yeah, you're off. too young. <laughs> I'm not that much older than you. I put myself too young. Yeah. I was in... But you well, were younger. You were younger. How old am I? I turned 16 in 2000. I probably wasn't driving during the 2000 Super Bowl, but like around that time, Are you I was, that much I was in high school. Than me? I was born in 84. What year is it? I think it was when the when Dan Marino was in his last Super Bowl. It yeah, it would have been. We're talking about 23 years ago. 
You're that okay. much older than me. Yeah, I'd have been in fifth or sixth grade. All right. Maybe sixth. I was in fifth grade, I think, though. Okay, I, I remember watching being in elementary school arguing anyway about who's going to win that Super Bowl. But, um, <laughs> and I was right. Um, I was arguing about like Bill's Super Bowls when I was in elementary school. <laughs> yeah. But, um, anyway, like going back and seeing like, oh man, when it was the Steelers, the Titans, the Ravens, the Browns, Bengals, uh, and the Jags. Yeah. Jaguars and Titans were in that. Basically, what the AFC North is with the with it was the Central, and it was it was a division. That was one hell of a division. Yeah, because even the Cleveland and Cincy games, like they are now, were bloody games. Like, and Jag Jaguars stepped right into that, ready to go. Titans for sure were stepped right into that. Yeah, and seeing some of those, like that was one of the things. Like watching all of those highlight reels of the hits in the games, and, and I was like. They can't do any of that today. Like, there were oh, some no. hits where they were just ripping people's heads off. And I was like, oh, you like, cannot. Helmet, helmet, yeah, I was like, you helmet. cannot do that today. And yeah, Ray Lewis was killing people out there. I'm, well, <laughs> the charges were dropped. Watch the documentary again. Um, but <laughs> I'm not, like, saying we need to go back to that. But it was just different. And, like, being able to watch it, I was like, oh. It was just different. You know why they changed these rules? It's because Rich Gannon's getting knocked out in the AFC championship game. They don't want the number of people they got hurt in that documentary. You're like, this team might be the reason we have like half of these rules. I absolutely, that is my point that I was going to make in here. Exactly. That was that like, it was Corey Dillon didn't want to go back in the game. Celebrating this team. That probably is the reason that they had to change the game the way they have, because you got Saragusa throwing all his weight into him. I mean, just so, so many, so many of those injuries. I, um, Ray Lewis, like his whole obsession with the movie Gladiator, I thought was a special little thing to learn from that. I, <laughs> I didn't know that. If I'm being it, honest. It's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's, he said he watched it before every game he played. I was like, man, this dude played in like, I don't know if I've, games a season. yeah, I don't like, know if I have watched a movie any movie that many times in my life, let alone every once a week for like yeah. an NFL yeah, season. Yeah, that's where it changes. Like I've watched some movies a lot. I've watched a Home Alone or Jurassic Park a lot of times in my life. Not as many as what would add up to for him and Gladiator. I guess but maybe yeah, the Big Lebowski. Once a week, every week, every fall. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I guess the Big Lebowski might be the movie that has eclipsed that all time, but definitely not Gilmore within the span of an NFL season. But yeah, but you're talking the Titans. I love what I did like what come out of this when they're post. They, it was the second time they were playing them. They go into the stadium before the game or the playoff game, and they're playing it on the video board. Well, it was the what, third time they had played them that year. Oh yeah, third time because they're in division. Okay, but like they beat them the last time we we're there, and they play it up on the board, and it was like not today when you know they're, they're the best team in the NFL, but not today. And, like, the players are saying, like, that actually kind of fired us back up. Like, we're going to go out here and prove that we are again. <laughs> and they do. But I like Villick after the game when he's like, respect the opponent, respect beating a good opponent. All right? Now turn all the cameras off. And you see, like, the camera view that they have, like, just goes down the game. We can still hear the audios. And he's just expletive the Titans. <laughs> the whole, I mean, he knew how to talk to that locker room. And so that was actually a pretty cool, cool little thing there that I hadn't seen before. So, like, I, I did like that. Um, all the locker room stuff was good. Like 
the relationships between them where you're like, you hear them talking about themselves now, but then also you're seeing the videos of it happening back then. I, I appreciate that kind of stuff. And like, I think that's why I like the hard knocks and stuff like that. Seeing that behind the scenes, seeing the real people of it. I mean, it's easy. Like, I just, I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like the Patriots, you know, like, but I bet, you know, I, I see the 30 for 30 for Dallas and you like some of these guys better and stuff like that. So like, I, I do, I did appreciate that more than I would without having seen it. Um, still don't like them. Uh, I hated that Rob Woodson was there because Rob Woodson is my stealer. I mean, like, he's my guy. He was there all the 90s. Loved Rod Woodson. I had Madden 95. I'd take him from the defensive back position. I put him at defensive end, and, like, it was just sack, 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 punt. Sack, 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 punt. Like, just every game. Cheating. Rod Woodson was my guy. And so I hated him being on that stage with all those Ravens and celebrating that Super Bowl. Ugh. Rod Woodson, baby. He was good. Raven That's legend. Why you that's um, why you need a legend. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but that you was just spelled out a new. Uh, yeah, a new I know how to get me. Leland. Get a new pressure point. Yep, I know how to bother Leland. Um, Raven Legend Rod Woodson was great in that documentary. <laughs> but Tony, you talking about hard knocks? I think Tony Saragusa hit the nail right on the head when he's talking about. He goes, "Hard knocks really like gave folks a behind the scenes view, which they loved." He goes, and a lot of people say that's the best season. And he goes, I think it's because it was the first season and they haven't polished it like they do now. Like now, they're so careful at what they yeah. show on yeah. Hard Knocks. You get a very sanitized version, whereas that one was a little more raw and a little more, you know. The stuff you're laughing at in today's one are like pretty harmless things to laugh at. And the coach's gut moving when he says hut and stuff. Like it's pretty, yeah. And back then, like Shannon was saying some stuff, and Saragusa Shannon was, was saying, Saragusa was saying they were doing stuff. Like, yeah, that's what made that show good. But I, I look, I that's why I don't watch Hard Knocks anymore. Is because I'm like, I don't know, I'm not learning anything about these people. Yeah, I, I mean, but whereas, not like, too, not I, as much as you. Now, on the flip side, I get why the NFL does what they do with Hard Knocks, and they're like, oh, yeah. we don't want oh. to embarrass anyone. And yeah, we're not going to put something out here that's going to be bad. I mean, they, they're expanding on it. Yeah. Um. So I get why they do that. But it's why, like, I'm not as interested. I If I feel like I'm going to see a not sanitized version and I'm going to get, like, maybe some actual truth, then I'm interested. If I'm going to get that's just what the NFL those... wants me to see, then no. That's what's been fun about those, like, high school behind-the-scenes things. Like, you're a lot quicker to get real raw stuff from those high school behind-the-scenes, like, on Netflix and, and other programs. So like, yeah, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying. I, I did watch hard knocks this year and I enjoyed it, but it, it isn't like it used to be. Um, um the other thing I way, wanted to touch on though, uh, yeah. and, and we'll see where you go. Cause I know there's another thing here that you have on your list. Um, but just remembering, like, I remember, like, again, I was in fifth grade and I remember that defense being really good. And I remember when they got to play the giants in the Super Bowl, I was like, the Giants offense is good, but the Ravens defense is good, and defense wins championships. That was the saying. Even in fifth grade, I knew defense wins championships. Yeah. I didn't realize how just insanely excellent that defense was. Yeah, they were good. Yep. I I remember it probably a little better than you. Just being older and probably looking at it from a different angle. I mean, I'm in high school when that game happened, so like I was probably analyzing more. I didn't realize or remember – 
maybe not maybe i did realize but i didn't remember it being like everybody was on the giants like they really made it seem like the media and like they had all the espn guys i recognized basically picking the giants and um i thought baltimore like going into that game that well, year, craig james baltimore didn't that, craig james picked the ravens and there was somebody else did who did but he picked he picked the craig james the week before picked the oakland raiders yeah um, but then he learned his lesson <laughs> but yeah. I, I will say I, I walked in the closet because of that. I think, and maybe I don't know if you caught on to it as much as I did, but like being that we're broadcasters and we're we pay attention to that kind of stuff, that was another cool aspect of seeing all those broadcasters and where they were then versus like Mark Mays doing NFL games, and I'm like, get out. Yeah, he was yeah, Mark he was Mays doing NBA. NFL games. Jim Nance is the host of the pregame show. What? Because Gumble hadn't stepped back. Because Gumble yeah. hadn't stepped back. And then you had Greg James on CBS. Yeah, no, I don't remember any of that. Now, it's great to know that the Ravens hated Phil Simms then, just like they did later in life. And Tony Saragusa telling Phil Simms he's going to dig up his plants (laughs) $10,000 worth. Yeah. Um, That was great. (laughs) And Saragusa isn't necessarily, like, I mean, and this probably comes from just being on the rival team. He's not my guy. Like, I, he's not my guy, but like, he he's a character and he had to be he good absolutely for that locker room. It seemed like he was the right piece of that locker room, pushing the right buttons the right way, where the coach comes down, like here's the rule, here's Saragusa in the face of it. And it kind of supplied that, you know, everybody watching Saragusa and how he handles it instead of like everybody just being scared of the coach. And it kind of made it all work. And this is a coach that was letting the guys be there be the guys. So like it was interesting. But I you know, it turned into like a Saragusa tribute. And the, I knew he passed away and it was recently and like, I mean, he's young, man. And it's just sad that, that he's gone. And I mean, that's as much as I didn't enjoy him being a rival football player. I mean, he was a broadcast. He was on Fox for a long mm-hmm. time after that. And he was the guy down on the field and he brought a different aspect to that. And I always appreciate that. When I talked about trying to get into radio myself, my idea with, uh, and I wanted to do it for Riverheads Radio with uh, when Jeff Wright was calling the games with Mike Wilkerson. I wasn't trying to bump one of them out of the booth. I said, "Give me a cell phone. I'll just be on the line. I'll be handing down by the field goal post like Saragusa. Like that's that was like my thought, my way in. I was like, I'll I'll try to Saragusa myself in here. And uh, you know that kind of character being missing from the game. I mean, that's a lot. And I don't think he was as popular these last few years. I, I don't know what was going on with him health wise. I don't know why he was gone. He seemed all right in this in this documentary when they recorded it a month before he passed. Um, yeah, I, it's a, that's a sad loss. And I, I think I hadn't really expanded on my thoughts of that until this. And, uh, you know, even rooting against a guy, you can still respect what they did. And he was a, he was a power in the middle of that defense. So, you know, it's just, I, I kind of wanted to say that about that. Like for a guy that I didn't always commend, like he was a really heck of a player and, and, and the, it sucks not having around still. Yeah, it was. Um, that was a pretty touching part, and um, but you could Talking see about kids and all that. Yeah, <laughs> there was that aspect, and but you could see too when they were all on the stage together. And I was, I was worried about that when it got fairly apparent. Like, I'm glad they did show as much of the old game footage and kind of went back and forth because when they're like at the beginning when the director is talking about, he's like, we got these guys on a stage and we filmed it. And I was like, if that's this 30 for 30, I'm just watching dudes on a stage talk. I'm going to get real pissed real fast. But luckily that's not what it was. There was some of that, but it was, you could tell like the camaraderie and yeah. 
Yep. I mean, Ray Lewis I says it. Ray Lewis says it to a team official who had maybe the worst haircut I've ever seen in a 30 for 30 with a little, I don't know, rat tail mullet going on in the back. Oh, yeah. I should see that. Yeah, that was, I'm watching it with another Ravens fan. We're chatting on the PS4 while we watch this together on YouTube TV. And like when that came up, I was like, that guy needs to get a haircut. Um, and that's like <laughs> recent. Start um, over. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, just shave that. Your haircut's fine then, but just shave that. Uh, but Ray Lewis is talking to this official though, and he's like, "Man, twenty years is a long time. Like some of us, not all of us are here." And this is before Syracuse passes away. He's like, "Not all of us are here," and he's like, "I understand, you know, waiting for the reunion and stuff." He goes, "But we need to get together more often." And like when they're on the stage, and you can see like those guys have that genuine love for each other and camaraderie yeah. for each other, and that was awesome to see. And yeah, now Tony Syracuse has passed away, and that kind of hits home on the other side of it. You're like, ah, you know, hopefully those guys do get together more often. Um, but it's sad that he won't be part of that because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how Tony Syracuse as a person was, but Tony Syracuse, the character, was was a funny guy. And uh, in that documentary, he's telling all kinds of jokes. The one that you were talking about, like, the team rules, but then there's the Saragusa rules or whatever. Like right. when the coach is like, we're all going to run a 40 yard dash today. And Tony Saragusa is like, coach, if I got to run 40 yards to catch a guy, we're going to lose. Gonna like, lose. <laughs> <laughs> like that made me laugh. And I was like, that's an excellent point. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, but man, the I, quarterbacks, Ooh, <laughs> that was the other thing yeah. when I was, I was sitting there talking to my buddy and I was like, man, we really have had some just absolute poop quarterbacks. I just, I, I, I get, I mean, Trent Delfer is very much a broadcaster now and he's a analysis guy. He's a UAB coach now. He's the UAB head coach. Oh yeah. But he's had a good amount of time yes. doing behind the desk. So uh, when he's saying like, you know, modern quarterbacks don't impress me. I just don't know if that message coming from him is, is, <laughs> is valuable. Like if, if Joe Montana sits there and says that, I'll be like, okay, like this guy kind of knows or like Steve a coach Young. that maybe has banned that. But like Trent Dilfer saying that when like as he's quarterback, people are talking crap about him. After he wins the Super Bowl, they're moving on from him. Like he, he doesn't even respect it on his Super Bowl winning team really. And, and for him to sit here and say like, yeah, Tom Brady and Peyton Man like, and Aaron Rodgers, like whatever. And I'm like, okay, bud. Like, <laughs> like maybe you could have taken some notes from them as well. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, that, that was an odd moment where I was like, I think I know what you're trying to say. Meaning like the rules today are so much more beneficial that it's not necessarily like you think the guys from back then would also have that kind of success today. And maybe even be better and maybe like that's an argument that I think when we when we do what we did earlier, like you have any quarterback yeah. to pick from playing in today's yeah. game. I would love to see Joe Montana where the defensive backs can't put hands on receivers and yeah. the linebackers. He's not under the threat of a linebacker coming and ripping his head off. Right. Yeah, I, like, I, I think I think those those guys do well today. Yes, I, I'm not going to say. I'm not but say that doesn't make me say like, either, yeah, though. that doesn't make me say Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. Peyton Manning, who are also the guys I would have picked ahead of Tom Brady, by the way. Uh, all you guys suck. Like, that doesn't, or I'm not impressed with what you do. Like, I think there's kind of a difference there, right? Like, and I w I'm with you on that. Because when he said, you know, I'm not impressed by what Rodgers and Manning and Brady did, I was like, okay, well, 
this is coming from the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And like Peyton we Manning may have had the worst fail rate on quarterbacks at this league. Like, yeah. Peyton Manning may have had the worst performance in a Super Bowl to win a game, but Trent Dilfer is the worst quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, also, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had some starting quarterback time and they were successful, like before the game really has turned into what it is today. Like, I, yeah, I, don't I mean, know. Tom Brady did change a rule. Like when Tom Brady got hurt, that a rule was changed immediately. Yeah, but he'd had some success before that. And and like they understand what the game was before that. I, I don't I don't know. I'm just like I, I think coming from him, it just made me. Oh, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. And I, I remember when he said that thinking. No. Like, <laughs> I was like, look, uh, that's cool that you think that, but yeah. that defense, if it wasn't for that defense, yikes. Tony Banks would have played the whole season because nobody would have cared. Yeah. Like, and I didn't remember that. I didn't remember Tony Banks had started that season and got benched. I didn't know. I didn't remember that either. Oh, I felt bad for Tony Banks. I mean, it's, but it then I remember Tony Banks cold. wasn't good. So when you when you watch these, especially about one season in particular, like they did on this Baltimore team, I mean they they cut out the negative. Like you watch that documentary, you think they went you know twelve and two, or yeah. <laughs> I mean you think they were awesome. I mean they had a four game losing streak in the middle of that season that included a loss to Pittsburgh. Well, but they said they did like, say like there was a month where they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, but they only showed like the games they won. <laughs> That's the only clips they used. They like the game they won fifteen to whatever, and the game. They only had 12 points and then they lost like four in a row. And then like the game they did score, like the goof on the they roof just freeze past that stuff. And I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, cause I looked it up. I was like, hey, I don't remember them being like undefeated or, or, or that great. And then, and then I looked it up and I, I saw what the truth was. That's fine. Like, I mean, you're there to celebrate these guys and that, and that's fine. I, I just, it's something they do in documentaries and I accept it. That's fine. You're going to hate the other thing I want to see on a 30 for 30. I want to see that America's team 30 for 30. Yeah, that 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 one might be harder for me to mull over. Like you're There is going to be some really good players on that team. That was a really good team. Your love of the Dallas Cowboys is probably the thing I hate the most about you. That's interesting. Like, cause you don't just admit it either. Like if you just admitted it, at least I could just like, open no, I did. Answer. I'll, I'll be honest. When I was a younger kid, I was a Cowboys fan, but I don't like Jerry Jones. I don't like Jerry Jones. If Jerry no, Jones still, ego hadn't gotten in the way, the Cowboys would have been the Jersey back in the closet somewhere. I don't know. Like, <laughs> the Cowboys would have been the Patriots before the Patriots. If Jerry Jones ego hadn't gotten in the way. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, let's talk. I'm going to hold that. Uh, that <laughs> dominated my life. Ravens legend, Rod Woodson, or? No, I, I dropped uh, this uh, down below what's in there. Uh, uh, so what I watched this weekend was dominate my life. We finally got to see Black Panther 2, um, the mm-hmm. um, Wakanda Forever movie. Mm-hmm. It was it was good. I liked it. Um I loved the first movie. I really did. I thought I was going to like it, and then I think I liked it more than I thought I was. I am not into all those Marvel movies. Like, I'm not. I don't watch all of them. I go into Black Panther 2 knowing there's going to be little storylines, maybe a character that I'm just not up to speed on. I just go in there, accept it. Like, just take what I get, move on. And there was some of that. Um, But the biggest deal with this movie I was really interested in seeing – 
was how they handled uh, Bozeman's death, Chadwick Bozeman's death, because he was the Black Panther mm-hmm. in the in the first movie. And, um, you know, the way that movie had such a cultural, you know, hold um, when it came out and just immediately was really grabbed onto. I, and I really appreciate it for that. Um, you know, I, I liked it for what it was, but also, you know, other aspects that aren't as, as, you know, led to is it's very, you know, females are very strong in that movie. And, you know, when I, that movie, that first movie came out, I think Arlo was maybe just born, but I had two girls growing up. So I really appreciated that movie that they had strong female characters and leads. This Black Panther 2 or Wakanda Forever just doubled down on that and just, you know, really went all in with strong female characters. And so I really appreciate that. And uh, I know there's the race aspect to that as well. And I appreciate that too, because I think they handle all of that very well. But what I think they did best here was handle Chadwick Boseman's death and they handled it. They kind of reference it kind of in a similar way that he passed in real life with a disease that no one really knew about um, until he passed. And even in this, I don't think they really put a name on what that disease was, but they, there was a, a parallel there and they handle it right up front and they handled it really good, very emotional, how they handle it. And uh, I thought it was really done well. And I think from my point of view, I would have to think he would have approved of something like that. Just the type of actor he was listening to interviews from him when he was obviously alive and the other roles he's taken. I just think like all that was really handled well. And so I wanted to see that now for the movie. I don't think it was good as good as the first one for me. It was a lot more superhero-y than the first movie. I thought the first movie kind of acted on its own a good bit. Um, You know, until the like very end with this after the credit thing was the first time they even started to tie in the Marvel universe. Um, That was a lot easier for me to just grab a hold of this throughout the movie there's stuff that's getting tied in and then like the the main enemy is it's very superhero hero very not real um you know kind of from a different universe in a in a sense and so i just wasn't as into that but i thought they did it well and um i think they do all the i they, they put a lot of effort into all those movies so i did like it i recommend it. if you like the first movie at all you'll like this one um i just i it wasn't perfect for me. Uh, they come back with the kind of overarching story of the Black Panther legacy at the end of the movie, and I thought that was done really well, too. So uh, I'm excited about what it did in this movie. I thought they did it really well, and then I think they also set themselves up for the future very well. So uh, I liked it. No, I'm glad you liked it. Um, you're, you talking about what's different about it is one of my fears, um, that it was going to be more Marvel-y. Um, and that's why I've kind of gotten out of all Marvel movies is just, I don't, that storyline got boring for me a long time ago. I did watch the first one. I liked the first one. Um, but me, my fear of wanting, I haven't seen the second one yet. And my fear of watching it is that it's going to be so marvel that it makes me not like it. And um, I would they're say still like making them, so they make money. nothing else to do, it wouldn't be worst thing to cut on. I just wouldn't like knock somebody over to go watch it. Yeah, I mean, they're still making money, so I understand why they're making them, but... I think to understand the storyline and see how they handle the death, I think that's enough for, like, you probably just should watch it. Like, 
the first 15 and the last 15 are probably like my main goals for you for seeing it. I Not will eventually watch it. it. I, I know myself. Eventually, my curiosity will get the best of me and I will watch it. But it's the bad guys are it's interesting. Going to be like a it's while. a different thing, but it, it's it is more comic booky. Yeah, it's going to be a while before I watch it. Um, That's fun. But. <sighs> And I guess, like, to that point, like, I'm more interested in something that's different when it hits the movie theaters, like this M. Night Shyamalan movie that's coming out. That's different. It's not Marvel. It's not Avatar. It's not something I've seen before. So, I'm like, okay, this seems different. I'll go, I'll go watch this. I, I'm curious about this. I have plans to go see that this weekend, perhaps. Um, <laughs> I started... Oh, what's the movie? Um, everything all at once. I don't know. Everything everywhere all at once. It's like an Oscar-nominated best picture thing. This year's talk, Oscars. Yeah, talk about a different movie. Holy crap! I've watched the first half hour, and I think if I continue, it'll just be me. It's it was it was crazy. It was crazy. I don't know if I have seen a single movie that was up for best picture. Was Top Gun up the best picture? This one was available right in front of me for no money, so I was like, okay, like let's put on the DVR so I can check it out. And was Top Gun one of the ones that last was night and I turned it off? If Top Gun was nominated, I watched that. I can't remember. I think Top Gun is nominated, which surprises me, but that's fine. Then I've seen. I'm that. not against. I'm not against those kind of movies being nominated. I'd like that to be a more common thing. Yeah, they don't have to win, but you should at least nominate them. Um, like if they're well done, like yeah, let's let's have it. I will say the story in Top Gun is pretty terrible, but which seemingly should probably play a big role in a Best Picture nomination. But well, I bet we talk more about Oscars before we get there. Um, but yeah, Top Gun Maverick is up for a Best Picture. Um, this Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I don't. What were the I, other ones I, nominated? My wife's like, I don't want to read the whole list of ten. Um, the Just Fablemans. Go. Okay. okay. Uh, all quiet on the Western Front. Oh, I, don't I need that. to watch that one. It's on Netflix. Okay, then I'll have a chance. Avatar: The Way of Water. I am not going to watch. Probably not. The Banshees of Insurin. I think that's on HBO. Uh, Elvis. I've watched. I haven't seen it. That's not going to win. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Craziness. The Fablemans is Spielberg. I have interest in probably like just watching it sometime. I'm not going to push to watch it. Okay. Tar. And there's like a little <laughs> Z above the A there. I don't so. know. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Triangle of Sadness. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Women Talking. Okay. So it has Frances McDormand, so that's that pulls her in. I um Did you watch the Grammys? You know what? We actually I we actually did a little bit. This is the first time I've watched it's that any kind of length of Grammys in a long time. Probably since before I had children. Even before then, I don't know how much I was watching. Um, but the kids, they listen to a lot of the pop music. Mm-hmm. So uh Stephanie was kind of checking out the fashion from it. And then it was getting going and the kids kind of were like, oh, the great. And then, you know, the list of everybody that's going to be there. And we know, you know, we know Harry Styles, we know Taylor Swift. So we kept it on. And uh, 
it wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched. Uh, oh, they had good. a great performance early with um, Stevie Wonder and uh, Chris Stapleton showed up. So, I mean, of course, that's going to be good. Smokey Robinson, it was really good. It was really good. And, like, I was telling the kids, like, hey, when you see all these big stars that you like, and especially the ones that mommy and daddy say are those guys are really good, and you see them really reacting to the performance on stage, that's when you know it's good. And so, yeah, Stevie Wonder can do that for you. Um, there was also later in the show, and that's about where we are. It's taken two nights for us to watch, like, two-thirds of it. Um, there was a, like, hip-hop, like a ode to hip-hop and Questlove. Okay. From the roots there, he put it together, and it was like the hit, like people that represented hip hop, and like top 10, 20% quality there, like not people down the list, like upper people from 40 years ago, 50 years ago when hip hop started. They said it was the 50th anniversary of hip hop. I don't, I didn't really understand that, but and going through. And so a lot of people, we, I mean, we knew them all, and uh, we were telling the kids, and like Busta kind of goes off in the middle of it, and that was cool. It was more LL Cool J than I need. Uh, but CBS loves them some L. Cool Mama J. said, "Knock you out." Yeah, L. Cool J. Um, but you know, a lot of great people. Now Jay Z and Puff Daddy were not in there, and that kind of seemed to be missing for me because I know how important they were in the '90s era. They had some other '90s people, and they also had some current people. I really wasn't like absolutely grabbing onto, but I like that. I mean, I'm a big fan of hip hop throughout my life, and so that hit on a lot of that. Um, it was cool to see, and it was cool to see some of those people that I haven't seen before in a long time. Sir Mix-a-Lot was on stage, didn't sing Baby Got Back, so I respect it, and that was, that was, it wasn't bad. Hmm. What do you got? Did you, did you watch any of it? I didn't. Um... I do not like that Sam, new Sam Smith song, and like the performance of that, like it was not good. Is that the unholy one? Yeah, I don't like Unholy. I don't think it's a good song. <laughs> uh, it's I don't catchy. like the vibe of it. And then yeah, I the understand. I understand you're not liking it. For me, it's the kind of performance catchy. of it was not the performance. Good I'm sure would have been weird. It was listening weird. to the lyrics. I don't mind Sam Smith. I think he's yeah. very talented. They are very talented, and I respect. But that's just not my jam. When they showed up, I did see their wardrobe that they were wearing. Right. When I saw that, I was like, "Wow, that's going to be a thing." And they're very good. I just don't. It's just not that song's not my my vibe. I get it. I get why it's not your vibe. Um, and listening to the lyrics is not. That's a song I would not want to see performed in front of family. So yeah, I get we, that. We blasted through it. Nicki Minaj <laughs> is my like automatic change the channel. Like, yeah, that's got to be quick. But, Her, like, on the, on as the radio, much as Nicki I Minaj comes up and it's just like we're moving. Yeah, as much <laughs> as I like Cardi B because catchy tunes. And Doja Cat, that would be another one. I'd be like, no. Nope. Yeah, honestly, my kids do listen to a lot of Doja. I just kind of Doja. Of it. You make good enough up. a jam, we'll keep you on there. But wow, I don't think... getting to it, yeah. I'm not saying there there is one Doja song that gets changed, but most of getting them. Getting to it, yeah. Is that the one that gets changed? Which one? Getting to it. Parentheses. That sounds like it. Yeah. Be. <laughs> Parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> I probably I probably ride the line of what's appropriate. And, ah. and probably on the wrong side of it on enough of the dojo but dojo makes some jams she so. does doesn't she but see here's and this is the reason i don't watch the grammys uh i am starting to get to that age where like i recognize like i'm old now because oh no yeah some of this I stuff i'm there. like mm. and i dude, don't need the yeah. grammys to tell me what's good spotify tells me what's good every year no no that dude. tells me I what probably... my number one song now 
do is my and this is also why I feel well, I do feel old. I do listen to enough new stuff that I feel like the really good stuff gets through to me and the catchy jams and like will make my Spotify rap. So I'm like, all right, I've heard what I need to. I, I understand your feelings. I've been there for a while now. And like, I just think the kids might be getting me to that other side of like, we're listening to it a bit more. And I know the people are by sight yeah. slightly better, slightly better. Um, to where I still feel old, but at least I like, I know what I'm looking at. So it took me forever to realize that that Sam Smith song was called unholy. Cause there's so much other stuff being said in that song that I guessed it was something else. And I just don't like, I, just, I don't like it. Yeah. All. The candy shop. Like that's, I thought it's called the candy shop. I don't even care about what the words are saying. That's not even in my issue. I just don't like the sound of it. Uh, yeah, I do like it. I think it's catchy, but yeah, I get it. Did you ever watch Dave on FX? Yes. Did you see the episode with Doja and that? No, I haven't seen the latest season of Dave. I just oh. like, I think I've seen like the first, first She's season, like maybe so two. Aw- like I loved her in that episode. I, I, I look forward to you getting to that. Wait a minute. Ah. Uh... Does he like match with her on a date or something? Yeah. Okay, then I have seen that one. I love that. I love like her care. I love her in that. She's playing herself. Like I, yeah. I thought she was awesome. Made me like her more. Catchy tunes. No Halsey catchy though, huh? Tunes. I didn't didn't catch any Halsey in there. I'm sorry. That's disappointing. I I will be honest. <laughs> I didn't watch every minute of what the great <laughs> it was on in the house, and and I'm glad the kids were enjoying it, and I'm glad when I was looking over their shoulder that I wouldn't see and stuff, I felt like I needed to change. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fine. I, like I said, I didn't watch the Grammys. Um, so I'm fine. I was surprised. I had no plans to, it just kind of happened. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm happens. <laughs> You're out on the Grammys. All right. Well, when it gets closer to Oscar season, Leland will give us his thoughts on the Oscars. But um, until then, Make sure. Sh- well, you know what? Because of that, you should probably subscribe to us on Twitter if you haven't already at sure. Yak Sports Pod. Uh, find us on Facebook, YAC Sports Pod. Email yaksportspod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean. Podbean. That's, that's how you say it. That's <laughs> how you say something. Podbean, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get podcasts, you can probably subscribe to us. Um, but those in particular, and then, uh, that way you'll not miss Leland's Oscar review that he gives us. Uh, (laughs) and I will tell you that I didn't watch the Oscars because I don't care about that. Um, what if Will Smith just comes out of nowhere and slaps somebody this year, you know, like last year we weren't watching, we weren't watching it when it happened. Cause like, I don't know, we don't necessarily watch that award show full out either, but like, uh, Twitter told us to tune in. <laughs> I still don't watch. Yeah. I but yeah. It's I'm, not, not, I'm not telling you to do different. Yeah, it's just not my thing. I don't care that people don't I, do. I like, it's just that. not my thing. Yeah. I, I judge you for not watching Hamilton. I some people, yeah, some people don't watch sports because it's not their thing. That's fine. Our podcast probably isn't their thing. Um, but. <laughs> yeah, they're not listening to us now. I'll say that. So, we're so not offending anybody. yeah, I'm not offending anybody. <laughs> but, like, there are some people, like. We talk a lot of football. There are some people that football's not their thing. That's cool. Yeah. 
We talk a lot of basketball. There are some people that basketball is not their thing. I talk soccer, hockey, and F1. There are some people that that's not their thing. Um, I'm it's trying cool. to come with you on F1, but damn, that's soccer. F1 is a slow. How's Liverpool slow. doing, buddy? Not great. <laughs> not great. That's all that. But Manchester City today got charged. I'm so glad you brought that up. I do want to talk about this for a really, really quick second because I know we're running Please. long. Yeah. But Manchester City got charged with financial fair play violations over the last decade. It's The Premier League is turning it over to an independent arbiter that Man City cannot appeal. Um, and this independent arbiter has everything uh, from fines to point deductions to even expulsion from the Premier League at their disposal as punishments. I will say, if you have these rules and they violated for 10 years, it sure seems like a good reason to expel them from the Premier League, but I don't think they're going to do that. I would be surprised if there's point deductions, to be honest. I think this is just going to be another example of why financial fair play rules are kind of not really adhered to. Um, But I hope they will actually give some teeth to these punishments. Um, It's really hard not to want bad things to happen to the owners of Manchester City uh, because they're dirty oil money. But I don't know. So are the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Again, you can subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you don't miss another episode where we'll talk more about the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan. And... We'll talk more college basketball next week as we get closer and closer to March Madness. Until then, folks, have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.